mute, you know, to answer to the roll call. But if everybody can mute themselves as they come in to help with our sound for tonight, since we're streaming on ACB Radio Mainstream and Live Event. And Nancy, I'll wait for you to maybe give me a cue when you feel like we've got uh, most folks ready where we could go ahead and start the meeting. I think we have about 13 people on, board members on right now, Dan. Okay, so we'll give it, a, we'll give it just another couple of minutes. Uh, so for those on ACB Radio, uh, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Uh, this is the April 23rd, 2020 uh, ACB Board of Directors meeting, uh, our scheduled uh, telephonic Zoom meeting. Uh, we've, uh, we had our DC Leadership uh, ACB Board of Directors meeting, uh, which was uh, February 22nd, uh, and then we had a special meeting on March 30th, and we're welcome, we enjoy, or happy to have you all back for our third ACB Board of Directors meeting broadcast live on ACB Radio Mainstream. So with that said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call the meeting to order uh, and ask uh, Denise Colley, our secretary, uh, to call the roll and introduce our guests. So Denise. All right. Dan Spoon? Present. Mark Reichert? Ray Campbell? Here. Uh, Denise Colley, I'm here. David Trott? Here. Kim Charlson? Jeff Bishop? Here. Donna Brown? Here. Sarah Conrad? I'm here. Good evening. Dan Dillon? Here. Katie Frederick? I'm here. James Crott? I'm here. Did he say he was here? He did. Yes. Okay, thank you. It broke up. Doug Powell? I'm here. Patrick Sheehan? Here. Michael Talley? Here. Jeff Tom? From the BOP, Deb Cook-Lewis. Here. Staff, Eric Bridges. Here. Clark Rackpaul. Here. Tony Stevens. Here. Claire Stanley. Here. Kelly Gass. Here. Um, <clears throat> Sharon Lovering, Cindy Van Winkle, Nancy Becker. Here. Mr. Chair, that completes the call of the roll. Um, in terms of guests, um, it's uh, contractors, uh, Debbie Hazelton. Here. Jason Cassingway. Here. Um, and do we have any other um, contractors? 
No. Any other guests? Denise Mark Reichert is on the phone on the call. Hi there. I just uh, was struggling to get off of mute. So hi there. Thanks. <laughs> Hi, welcome, Mark. Mr. And Denise, it's Janet Dickelman. I'm here. Thank you. Mr. President, that completes the call of the roll. All right. Thank you very much, Madam Secretary. Thank you so much, Denise. Uh, item three on the agenda is review and approval of the agenda. So uh, please, we go through it. One was call to order. Two was roll call and introduction of guests from Denise Colley, Secretary. Three, review and approval of the agenda, Dan Spoon. Um, four is review and approval of the March 20th ACB Board of Directors meeting minutes, kind of in parentheses, it's the special convention decision uh, meeting minutes uh, from Secretary Denise Colley. Five is our mission moment from Eric Bridges and Dan Spoon. Related to the DC Leadership Conference and the efforts, uh, logistics, and support efforts of Kelly Gass. Six is the President's Report. Uh, a under the President's Report is just ACB Spirit. And talking a little bit about uh, just just well, I'll I'll leave the discussion to later. Uh, a is ACB Spirit. Uh, B is uh, a status of the 2020 ACB convention contract in Schaumburg, Illinois with Janet and Dan. Uh, seven under the president's, uh, excuse me, seven under staff reports is A, uh, Eric Bridges, executive director. Uh, Eric is gonna talk to us about one, our Be My Eyes partnership. Two, Vision Serve Alliance and a policy forum that was held with different um, blind organizations across the country. Um, C is the ACB server migration status of that. And D is uh, other, uh, other updates, excuse me, four is other updates. And then B is Clark Rackful, our advocacy director. He's going to talk to us about number one, uh, accessible voting. Two is uh, Kava 19 impacts. Uh, from our memberships and, and um, legislative actions. And then three is other advocacy updates. C is Cindy Van Winkle, our member services coordinator. She's going to talk to us about one, our membership certification, and two, our community chats. D is Tony Stevens, our development director. He's going to talk to us about one, his first 50 days in his new job. It's pretty exciting. It's been 50 days. That's amazing. Uh, two is the convention sponsors. Three is the convention fundraising events. And four is donor communications that Tony has developed. Uh, then E is Nancy Marks Becker, our chief financial officer, CFO. She's going to talk to us about one, the status of our small business loan applications. Two is the ACB ES thrift store kind of status update, how our two thrift stores are doing in Lubbock and Amarillo. And then three is the drawdown of our ACB board reserves, kind of where we're sitting from a cash flow standpoint uh, at this point in time. And then uh, number eight is a convention report uh, from Janet Dickelman, our convention chair. Nine is a board of publications report 
from Deb Cook-Lewis, our BOP chair. 10 is other committee reports as needed, and 11 is adjourned. I did have one new item that uh, Jeff Bishop and the ACB uh, radio management team would like us to add, so I'm going to propose to slot that in as a C under the president's report, and that is um, a proposal for supporting our affiliate convention uh, virtual um, uh, virtual conventions on ACB uh, radio streaming services. So Jeff wants to talk about that a little, and I think that's a good idea. So that's the only addition I had to the agenda. Are there any other additions uh, before we approve the agenda? I move we approve the agenda. Right, David Trott has moved. Do I have a second? Second, Sarah. Second, Sarah Conrad is seconded. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. All right. Thank you all very much. And uh, now we're going to turn it over for review and approval of the meeting minutes uh, with Denise Colley, secretary. Denise? Thank you. The March 30th <coughs> special board meeting um, minutes were sent out and uh, an update was sent out to those minutes. Thanks again to Kim and her wonderful proofreading. And I actually do have one more update, which I will incorporate into the final copy of the minutes. So um, I would entertain a motion to accept, to approve the minutes as revised. So moved. This is Doug. Right. Doug, Doug moved, Doug Powell, is that yep. right? Yes. And second from David? Yes. David Trott, okay. Uh, discussion, I, I do have one comment. I'm gonna throw myself under the sword. You know me, I, I'm the world's worst at pronouncing things at times. And so I know when we were talking about the force majeure clause, I called it the force de jure clause several times last uh, meeting. And, and our secretary properly recorded it as I said it. So question for clarification for you all, since it's truly the force majeure clause, should we change it in the minutes or leave it as I, as I said it? <laughs> Did you change it to the legal term? But Denise yeah. properly recorded it as I said it. So this is <laughs> called an editorial change. Yeah, there that's you go. correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I would and recommend I that we make that change. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't, um, when that came to my attention, I didn't make it and send out another revised copy since I knew that would just get too confusing. And I knew that I could make the change in the final. Mm -hmm. Oh, As well, the, thank you. I appreciate that, Denise. And thank you all for your patience with me. I, I think Sharon Lovering ought to do with some kind of a recipe uh, call for special recipes for forced sure. Kind of made me hungry when I read the meeting minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear well, you. thank you all. For, all right. So we need to go ahead. If there's no other discussion, we need to call for the vote. All those in favor of approving the meeting minutes as um, as edited, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Denise. Excellent job as always. We appreciate it. Right. Item number five is our mission moment. And with Eric Bridges and Dan Spoon, uh, I'll say just a word or two and turn it over to Eric. 
But, you know, we had such a wild um, change of events following the D.C. leadership conference that, you know, this was supposed to be our normal scheduled meeting. And uh, you know, I believe our D.C. leadership conference was just a fantastic event. It was well produced. It was well supported. And a lot of that, a lot of that effort and work was due to just the tremendous efforts of Kelly Gask. It was a brand new hotel, negotiating the contract, putting uh, the the food together. We had it an extra day on her for a for a board workshop, and uh, you know I just thank the world of Kelly and what she did to put this all together. And but I want to turn it over to Eric to to talk a little bit more about uh, Kelly's excellent efforts. Sure. Well, you, you did most of it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, you know, we were with, uh, as, as folks are aware, the Crown Plaza, uh, just a couple blocks away, actually, from the Holiday Inn in Old Town uh, for the last five years. And quite literally, uh, the, the Crown Plaza is no longer. And so that... We were notified of that uh, last spring and were forced to go looking for other options. We really liked uh, the Old Town area because of how walkable it is and how close everything is in proximity. So uh, Kelly and I went out looking around and uh, she she found uh, the Holiday Inn. Uh, we engaged in a negotiation with them. Uh, Kelly worked with Janet uh, on some of the particulars uh, in negotiating, but Kelly has, has learned a, a ton about working with hotels over the last five years. And uh, we, you know, went in, uh, you know, signed the contract uh, late last summer. So, so that all got done. Uh, you know, relatively early in the process, which is great. Uh, began engaging with the hotel uh, late last fall, and then early this year, went over. Um, Kelly and and uh, uh, Clark and Claire and I uh, went over with her to to meet with uh, the whole staff. Kelly arranged for all of the the management to sit with us for about an hour, including the general manager and the heads of all of the departments and uh, had a good meeting, went back and actually had a tasting uh, with the chef, which was cool. Um, all along, Kelly, Kelly's um, been tasked with managing all of this. And then uh, the, the critical part, which is when people started to show up, <laughs> uh, but even before that, working on the hotel guide, uh, for folks when we came. Uh, the hotel layout, thankfully, is is pretty straightforward. Um, the additional day uh, of the board training workshop, as well as um, arranging for us to go out to lunch that day uh, and working with the shuttle driver so that folks could get around. So th there's a lot that goes into to this, and this is only one part of Kelly's job, right? She She's not in conference and meetings per se, but every year, this is a, a part of what she does, and she does it well, very well. So, uh, you know, the the event went off. It was very, uh, you know, I I, got, I received a, a lot of compliments from folks about the staff of the hotel, the food at the hotel, 
the way out, which we have no control over. Um, but I have to say a lot of it is, be, is because of Kelly's preparation of working actively with the hotel uh, in the lead up to uh, the five, six days of, of fun <laughs> that we had. Um, so, you know, with that, Kelly, well done. Uh, and, you know, we're looking forward to, to doing this again next year. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you want to talk for just a minute about uh, the work that we hope to continue to do with the hotel. Yeah, so um, thank you so much. That was really kind words of you guys to say. Um, you know, first of all, I was just really happy this year. I was able to meet um, some new ACB members, and um, the vibe of the meeting this year was just really great. We have a lot of passionate people in our organization, and um, working with the hotel, I actually I really enjoyed working with the staff. Um, they're definitely in my thoughts right now because, uh, as we all know, uh, everybody's kind of taking a hit right now, but the hospitality industry is definitely struggling at the moment. And um, the staff members um, at the hotel were just really great. They were engaging. They were communicative. Um, I had everybody's cell phone numbers. Um, and so and I actually really enjoyed the personalities of the people that we were working with there. Um, it's always a team effort between not only the um the staff, uh, obviously, you know, our, our ACB staff runs the meetings, but the, when the hotel staff is responsive and um, they're really on top of things, it just makes our lives so much easier. So um, we had a really good conversation with them after the meetings. You know, we went over everything, the good, the bad, um, worked on ways that, you know, they could improve, worked, uh, told them that how the ways that they really, you know, helped us and um, really were successful uh, in the services that they offered. And, um, you know, we're really looking forward to hopefully working with them in the future. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping we see some of the same, same staff members next year. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to working with the hotel in the future. Yeah. So Kelly led a, a meeting, I think it was the first week that we were working from home. Is that right? I think yeah. it was the first week. Yeah, oh, it was the all the weeks blend in. Um, <laughs> where we actually did engage in a discussion over doing a, a two-year uh, contract with them. And they were very excited to do that. And then quite obviously, uh, things have gone silent uh, since. But... <laughs> they would very much like to do that. So it is our intent at the appropriate time uh, to, to re-engage, to ensure that we, we have the opportunity to, to go back. All right, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Kelly. And I'm gonna ask everybody to take themselves off mute for just one minute, if everybody can. And while we're doing that, I wanted to say again, thanks to Kelly. And thanks to the, you know, team she helped coordinate. Uh, Rick Moore did a fantastic job with the sound. And, of course, Nancy and Sharon and Joe Lynn and, and all the staff really picked, pushed, uh, you know, pulled together to help. And, and Kelly led the effort. And it was really just a fantastic job by everybody. And if we're all off mute, I'm ready to give Kelly a big hip, 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 hip hooray. hooray. Hip, 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 hooray. Hey. All right, Kelly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Kelly. Thank you, thank you. Any questions for Kelly? All I'm going to say is that just seems like 
so long ago now with all that's happened <laughs> that conference does. Just, I mean, it really does. Like, well, only like, what, two months ago we had our board meeting. I, you know, it was the weekend. It's It's been two months. It seems like it's been an eternity. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Kelly. And, and we really, really appreciate all your hard work. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, item number six is our president's report. Um, one underneath that is ACB Spirit. And I, I just wanted to take a moment to thank our board, thank our staff, and thank our ACB membership. And, you know, it's, it's only been 23 days since March, uh, with 24 days since March 30th, and we made the decision to go to a virtual convention. And it has been just spectacular the way everybody has stepped up, got involved, volunteered, taken the can-do spirit, and, and really marshaled our resources to move forward and start to pull together our virtual convention. So the, the spirit of all the committees and the different uh, steering committee groups and how hard everybody has worked remotely our staff has worked uh, from home, you know, juggling families and uh, in, in fears and concerns, and yet we continue to put out, you know, just quality, quality uh, work day after day. I am so proud of our organization and the work that we continue to do. And uh, we are going to have a great convention uh, this year. Uh, July 3rd through the 10th, and Janet will tell us more about that later, but it is just, uh, you know, kudos to, to this organization and all the hard work. I've, many people have contacted me from the outside, different vendors, different other organizations, and they're, they're asking us, you know, we're kind of in a leadership role here. How are you all doing this? How are you pulling this together? And it really is the work of our membership and our staff and our board all pulling together to do the right thing for the American Council of the Blind and for the blind and visually impaired community. And I, I always like to take the opportunity to remember our ACB mission statement. The American Council of the Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. And I think we are living that mission statement every day. And again, I just can't say it enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your hard work. So great Dan, job, everybody. Dan, yes. this is Doug. Go ahead, um, Doug. I also wanted to give a special shout out to the special interest affiliates because, you know, at usual conventions, they have quite extensive programming. Um, and this year, they're, they're having to change their programming quite a bit to accommodate to a virtual environment. And uh, so nobody's done, you know, nobody's done more work than they have to, to adjust to the new normal. Um, and I uh, just, you know, I think, I think that uh, deserves some, you know, a, a special shout out. I, I agree. Thank you, Doug, for that. Very, very, very good. Very well appreciated. And they doing it. They've done an absolutely fantastic job pulling together and being, creative and pulling together new events for the convention. So thank you for those comments. Anyone else? 
All right. Thank you, Dan. Uh, we're going to go on to uh, item number two, uh, item B under the president's report, uh, which is a status of our 2020 convention contract with the Renaissance uh, Hotel and Convention Center in Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh, we sent out uh, a document for your review as the board, but we've had some really good news. Uh, Janet and team have done some excellent negotiating uh, with uh, the Renaissance Hotel. What we uh, have been able to negotiate is uh, a, a waiver of uh, cancellation, I guess is the appropriate word, of all liquidated damages associated with our 2020 contract in lieu of us uh, holding uh, our 2023 convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, along with a $15,000 deposit, uh, which will go towards our expenses for that 2023 convention. So I'd like Janet to give us a little bit more detail on that and then uh, like to have a motion to uh, authorize uh, Janet and Nancy and team to move forward with that negotiation and signing of that contract. So, but first, Janet. Thank you, Dan. Um, I think this is, as Dan said, this is an absolutely reasonable, very reasonable offer. We went from, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in liquidated damages to this. And the hotel, this is, I think, what the hotel wanted to do from the very beginning, but they had to go by there you know, management and, you know, go through the rules. And my hotel person kept saying, you know, don't give up, just keep trying. And we did. And I have the contract, the base contract for 2023. I've been looking at it since some suggestions to them already. And then with the board's approval, we'll go ahead and, and start negotiating with them. And um, I'm very excited that we get to go back to Schaumburg in 2023. And I'll certainly give more of a convention report later on in this meeting. But while I have the mic, I just want to say Kelly didn't need my help in D.C. She did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. And Janet, ja and Janet this is Eric. Um, we also were able to get the damages waived for the uh, overflow hotel as well. Yes, right? we were. We did have an overflow hotel. And I'll talk about that a little more in the and then we'll talk about some tour things. We're still working with some of the tour venues about getting some of our deposits back. But I think we're going in the right direction with all of that. Very Mr. Good. President. Yes, Mr. David. David. Uh, I would like to move that we authorize to move forward on the 2023 Schomburg contract. Second. 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 Okay, so I heard David, and I know, I know she was a little later, but I'm going to say Katie Frederick seconded it because I heard her voice. So we've got David made the motion and Katie seconded. Any discussion? Well, I, as um, Mr. President, as uh, as second vice president and the Illinois member on this board, we are terrifically happy that uh, ACB is going to be coming back in 2023, and uh, we'll do our best not to have any viruses yeah, or no anything so, so we can, <laughs> we can have we can have a good time in Schaumburg and uh, um, well. I can tell you and Janet can say the same thing that our host committee was uh, excited to hear that we were looking oh. at this and um, certainly we'll uh, we'll do a bang up job then so uh, and it's a, a great hotel I'm so glad we can be back there thank you all it, it mm -hmm. is a wonderful and thing. Janet yes and Jean, uh, does that Madam President this is Jeff I'm on the call Oh, and thank so you, is Jim Charleston. Uh, hi, uh, uh, 
Madam Secretary, if you could please recognize that uh, Kim Charlson and Jeff Tom are both present. Thank you. Uh, go ahead. I think we had uh, Pat. Yeah, it was Pat. Had Thanks. To seek the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Um, and, um, does this mean that we move uh, Jacksonville out to 2024 or? About well, Jacksonville Jacksonville was proposed, and the board hadn't acted on Jacksonville yet. But mm -hmm. yes, that's what I would like to do. I, obviously, we won't pursue a contract with Jacksonville for 2023. Right, obviously not. Right. Yeah. Okay. And Janet may have more information to share with us on that when we get to either the the pre-convention board meeting or the fall board meeting. Yeah. Right. I I haven't reached out to Jacksonville yet regarding 2024 because I'm still, you know, I I want to make sure everything goes through with Schomburg for 2023. I can't imagine that it won't, but until I have a signed contract. Understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dan, right. this is Doug. Any other Doug? Okay, go ahead. Um I noticed that there's a $15,000 deposit that's being requested. Yes, I, I, I'll explain that to you, Doug. What that is, is they are requesting a $15,000 deposit, but that's really not a problem because ACB always has a lot of uh, expenses pertaining to the convention. We have travel, we have staff rooms, we have, and then we, you know, the banquet costs, all of that. So we will use that deposit will be used towards our expenses. So we're not out $15,000. It's just that we're paying the money a little sooner than we would normally pay it. I, I understand yeah, that. I think that was, part of the, that, that was part of the negotiation, I think, the hotel. Yep. You know, they're, they're trying they wanted to something. And in the spirit yeah. of collab collaboration, you know, we were willing to certainly go that route. I see, mm -hmm. Madam President. Because they did uh, not hold on just a second. They, sure, go ahead, they, they did not ask for a fifteen thousand dollar deposit when we originally uh, uh, signed a contract with them. Is that correct? They did not. Okay, that's correct. Yes, they probably want to pay their workers, even though we're not going to be there. I'm, I'm imagining that they're having extra costs. Well, yeah, since so all these we, things are pulling out. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I think but, Jim had requested the floor next. Sarah, did you want to be in line after Jim, or are you? I'm done. Good? No, I'm fine. Okay, Jim Crott? I'm done. You're done? Okay. Yeah, it was taken care of. Okay, you, your question was answered. It, uh, yes. Any other questions? I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to be heard. This is important because, uh, you know, this is a this is a significant uh, financial decision for us, but I really appreciate what uh, Janet and uh, Nancy and our lawyers who did a really good job were able to help negotiate for us. So, Dan, so. this is Mark. Uh, Mark, go ahead, Mark Reichen. Yeah, just I, I'm going to be voting for this proudly and having gone through uh, extracting AER from its hotel contract this summer, which was a, a delight. Um, hats off to everybody involved for doing this. Good, good, really good work, guys. Uh, thank you, Mark. All right, hearing no other discussion, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Opposed? All right. Thank you very much. And thank Mr. President, yeah, can you, I voted for the motion, but yeah. since I wasn't here, can you restate it? I assume it's just to schedule the convention in Schaumburg. Is that the? Yeah, well, it's to accept the, the it's to authorize Janet, Nancy, and, and staff to um, negotiate uh, the contract in 2023 in Schaumburg, Illinois, 
And by signing a contract by June 1st, it alleviates us of um, the liquidated damages, the, the cancellation clause associated with the 2020 contract. And all they were asking for besides the 2023 signed contract is a $15,000 down payment. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sure. All right. Thanks, I'll talk with you all later. Okay, Janet. Thanks so much. You'll you'll be back later. Yeah. Oh no, I'll be, I'll be here. I'll be here, but I know you have me scheduled later, so I'll be quiet now. Oh well, thank you, Janet. Okay. For once thanks in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, item number C under the president's report was a new item that we added, and this was something that got brought to the attention uh, my attention by the ACB radio management team, chaired by uh, Jeff Bishop. Uh, several uh, affiliates uh, are asking ACB Radio to support their virtual streaming of their conventions coming up this year in 2020. Uh, Jeff and team uh, proposed that uh, we normally charge our affiliates, I believe it's $100 to stream their convention. Uh, we thought given the circumstances that we have going on right now with COVID-19, that a really nice gesture from ACB standpoint uh, would be um, to waive uh, the fee for this year and to do whatever ACB radio can do to support any affiliates that are seeking our help for streaming their virtual conventions. So Jeff, if you want to... Uh, I want Jeff to give us a little feedback and then uh, a little uh, discussion or uh, more detail sure. on this, and then we'll sure ask for a uh, motion. Yes. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, with our virtual convention coming up in July, we thought it was to our best interest to support the affiliates as we normally do, but also use this as a training ground uh, to allow for... Um, you know, us as an organization to get ready for the large convention using our affiliates. So this was the reason for uh, this policy change. And we thought if we're going to do it for that period of time, it's only right to do it for the remainder of the calendar year. So that's all I have. All right. I would move, um, I would move that uh, we uh, waive the streaming fees for affiliate uh, conventions in 2020. Thank you, Ray. I'll second it. Donna, I'll second it. And Donna Brown is seconded. So, so Ray Campbell has moved. Donna Brown has seconded. Uh, Is there any discussion? This is Katie with the question. Katie, please. Um, Are there are there affiliates who? Well, I know there's probably at least one that's that's going to have their convention prior to the national. Correct? Is there are there more? I know we've gotten a request from the Florida uh, Council of the Blind to help with their yes. convention. And Missouri, uh, and there's been others um, throughout okay. the, this year, and they will all be refunded their fees. Okay. Hmm. I just was, okay. Mr. President, California is also in that list of ones prior to July. Oh, very good. And, and the other thing we're doing here also is kind of helping them with our Zoom licenses, because when you start wanting to have breakout sessions and all that, it's an expense sure. for affiliates to purchase multiple Zoom licenses, which ACB already has in their possession. So that's another way that we're able to support their conventions. Mr. Chair? So, yes, go ahead. 
This is Denise. Jeff, I just have a question. Is that going to put a lot more, um, make a lot more work for the ACB radio uh, team? And you, do you have all the resources in, that you're going to need to be able to do that? Because it will um, require a lot of streaming. Um, we are we are working on that. We're going to need a heck of a lot more resources for the national convention, and this gives us an opportunity to train up specific you know, members and get them ready for convention. So it's a win-win for everyone. Great. Thank you. I have a question. This is Doug. Um, the policy for this kind of thing usually goes through the BOP. Um, have they been consulted and have they, um, you know, uh, uh, approved that uh, this change also? Well, I know, uh, Doug, that's a good question. I know it was pr brought up at, in, the, in one of the BOP meetings. I'll let Deb uh, Cook-Lewis speak to that. We have had discussion um, about this at the BOP, and um, there was not a formal motion. We were not asked to take a formal position on it at that point, but I don't think the BOP has any problem with it occurring. It really will help with the preparation for the convention. It's um, really um, critical that we get some of these things worked through. And one of the easiest ways is with real events. And so um, we actually want the affiliates to do this. So um, I, I think we're all in support of the idea. All right. Thank you for the question, Doug. Any other discussion? I got one other question. Go ahead, uh, David. It says for, you know, throughout the end of the year, which I'm good with. Uh, what I want to be sure would be included if we get back to normal, would we also include the streaming of those conventions that are actually live conventions? Yes, we, we felt like, yes, that's the understanding that we would waive the fees for anybody's convention for this year, just to be fair. You know. Okay, that that's good. That's yeah. what. Yeah. I mean. in, in, in other words, if the country starts going back to work in August and all the world is is fine, which by the way, I don't think it's going to be done in August. <laughs> but let's just assume that let's just let's just pretend that it is that that it it doesn't feel right that if January through July that affiliates got it for free and now August we're going to start charging the rest of you. I think uh, that would not be a fair and equitable thing to do. So. The, the right thing to do is to waive the fee for the entire calendar year and resume the policy in 2021. Good. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff and ACB radio management team. Thank you for all your hard, hard work and, and I, I, I appreciate your, your team's willingness to support our affiliates. I think it's just a wonderful collaborative uh, relationship. So thank you so much. Uh, next seven, we'll go on to our staff reports. And A is uh, Eric Bridges, our executive director. So take it away, Eric. Thanks, Dan. So it looks like I've got at least three things on here. Um, so why don't we start with uh, number one, Be My Eyes. Uh, uh, we've had discussion with the board 
regarding uh, a potential partnership with Be My Eyes. Uh, in December, uh, Kelly Egan, who formerly worked for Sprint, reached out to me in her new role uh, working with Be My Eyes to uh, figure out a way for us to join their platform. Um, for those that may not be aware, Be My Eyes is an app that utilizes volunteers, thousands of volunteers, as a matter of fact, uh, to assist people who are blind and visually impaired in uh, identifying objects, doing different tasks around their house. It, it's used uh, through an app on your smartphone, utilizing the camera. And so, uh, all of you are aware of the relationship that we have with Ira. The relationship with Ira may, remains very strong. Uh, Be My Eyes is just a, it's, it's sort of a different uh, business model in that they're relying on volunteers to assist folks that, that call in through the app. So really the, the negotiations and discussions uh, started in February and we were, we were talking through what a partnership could look like as well as, you know, what, what sort of uh, service could we provide on the platform? And then uh, this COVID-19 thing hit and those discussions went away for about two weeks. And then uh, we were approached uh, again by Be My Eyes, um, wanting to have a discussion about our presence on their platform during this time of crisis. And so we uh, discussed uh, what that might look like. And uh, so essentially, you all have seen the, the release. We, I am proud to say, have joined the Be My Eyes family under specialized support. So if you go into the app, it's under specialized support. You'll see us and our icon there. We will be providing uh, support to folks that want to learn more about ACB uh, from noon to, I believe it's three o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. Uh, the phones will be staffed, the, our computers will be staffed by members of the team. So Cindy Van Winkle, Claire Stanley, Nancy Christine and Kelly Gask. So uh, within the app, within our part of, of uh, within the description of who we are, um, there's quite a lot of information uh, and links that folks can click on to go and learn more about ACB. So like the audio description page is on there or links to our community calls are on there. Um, other other aspects of the organization on there, including our 800 number. So that when we are not actively taking Be My Eyes calls, folks can still have access to our 800 number throughout the workday to call in and uh, ask, you know, whatever questions. And, and that, that is where, you know, Sharon Levering uh, takes the bulk of those calls. So that's why she's not an agent, a Be My Eyes agent. Um, so, you know, this is a, a wonderful opportunity for us to uh, be able to, to assist 
folks during this time. Uh, it's, uh, it's arguably a, a slightly different demographic as well, uh, because this is a, this is an app. There's going to be a ramp up process for folks, uh, to, to know that we're here on Be My Eyes. Uh, Be My Eyes is actively marketing our presence uh, through social media and other other places. So it's a it's a it's a win win. They're excited to have us. We're excited to be there. And um, just because it says noon to three Eastern now, that doesn't mean that we can't adjust as we move on. And it also doesn't mean that we can't adjust the level of support that we have. Uh, in order to deal with what we hope will be increasing volume of calls in the in the months ahead, so it's uh, it's a it's a great opportunity. Questions? Patrick has a question. Eric. Hey, Pat. Question. Uh, I know you've got a good group of people who are going to start this thing off. If they had questions that they couldn't answer or needed someone else that had um, that area of expertise, would they be able to reach out or refer a person to like, like say a subject matter expert? Well, I think what would happen is we would likely reach out to the subject matter experts okay. and be able to get back to them with answers. With, so good. Okay. yeah, nobody, you know, Nobody's expected to have all the answers when people call in. In fact, uh, you know, that's something that we deal with on the 800 number <laughs> regularly. So, yeah. So they would get used to calling in and hitting those four or five people who have all the answers. Yeah, for now. Yeah, that works. Mr. President, I have a question. And then I have one. Jeff, and then David's in the queue after Jeff. So go ahead, Jeff. Uh, so, um, it, is it our practice already, or if it isn't, will it be our practice if we get a call on the 800 number for Sharon or whomever to ask where they got the numbers so that we can track some of the calls other than those that come right from the Be My Eyes app? Yes, that is something that, that, um, that we do. Um, a tremendous amount of the calls that we get these days uh, are referred by the IRS or Social Security, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, Eric, as we get back to normal, and if we ever do, and uh, funding begins to grow, do you see this as an additional position, maybe? Well, we'll see. Um, you know, we'll, I, I would like to see this uh, grow. I, I want to get a sense uh, as we as we move through the coming. Really, I would say the time from now through the time of the convention. I want to get a better understanding of, of the volume of this uh, to see if there would be the need to dedicate somebody, you know, part time um, to to doing this, and or if if the need is so great that we need to expand the hours as well. Um, I have a feeling that we're gonna we're gonna have some really good success with this, um, but at this at this time, David, you know, we're literally on day two. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I just wondered if yeah. if you had thought about it. You know, I was thinking more of two years from now, 
if you had if that had been part of your vision yeah well in um i you know more the more ways that we can help folks uh you know gain access to information help help do um advocacy teach them about what we can offer them um you know i i think that this will this will certainly grow and um the be my eyes opportunity is one that we're just gonna we're just gonna see how this uh how this whole thing ramps up and, and where where it takes us i'm I'm really, I'm really happy about it. And the other thing that I'll just mention is that Cindy Van Winkle is actually managing. I've asked her to manage uh, this partnership, and uh, you know, she's one of the four agents. And uh, this has a, a direct linkage to to membership, but it also has a direct linkage to the work that Claire does, which is why she is an agent as well, which is information referral and peer support. So, well, I think it really just supports several of our key missions. It's it's uh, it's exciting. We'll have to see how Absolutely. it develops, but, yep. but it really is, yep. you know, reaching out and and getting to a demographic that we have normally not had a relationship with. So it's it's really exciting. Mr. President, uh, somebody else had a comment. I'm sorry. Mr. President, yeah, this is uh, Ray Campbell, and uh, I just okay. One of the things I think this could really help is with our ERPS uh, committee because um, as you know, you get a call, for example, through Be My Eyes from um, you know from Chicago or something, and they say, "Well, where do I go for? I'm having trouble figuring out how to get sign up for paratransit in Chicago." And you can reach out to somebody um, in in that area to get the information and then and then though by the way that goes in as a resource that you guys have so when you get other calls you can use it for you can use it for that too so yeah it's really a it's a great partnership um and uh i'm glad we're doing it i i had i had been concerned uh back in october when i saw that nfb was on there and i said how come we're not in there so i'm glad we are now thank you Ray. Yeah. dan this is doug um, sure uh, what somebody else said brought it up. Uh, have you thought about what we're going to do during convention time, given, you know, obviously the, the key people uh, on the team there uh, usually have other responsibilities during convention. So has any thought been given we'll to we'll <laughs> This is day two. Right. Uh, we'll I understand. There. Yep. But we'll have to make some arrangements. But again, it's through your uh, through your mobile device, and so everybody's still right. kind of connected. And and it, um, you know, the I, the beauty of this is it's right now live. It's three hours a day, and there's four different people that that can be the resource. So, but yep, good question, Doug. All right, good stuff. All right. So the National uh, Policy Collaborative meeting that was held last week, uh, that Vision Serve Alliance helped to uh, coordinate. Uh, there were ten national organizations that uh, Vision Serve brought together to talk about um, this. This meeting had been planned uh, initially to talk about the the broader. Uh, set of public 
universe of public policy issues that, that we face in the in the blind community. Uh, but given uh, what has been going on with COVID nineteen, this this meeting sort of centered on uh, those those sorts of issues. And so organizations like uh, AER, Mark was on the call, uh, NFB, uh, AFB. National Industries for the Blind, American Printing House, um, uh, Prevent Blindness, right. yep. uh, BVA, the Blind Veterans Association, and probably a couple of others that I'm blanking on, but pretty much all of the, the large national uh, blindness orgs were participating. And most of them had either their executive director, CEO, um, or their head of public policy or governmental affairs on the call. So uh, I attended with Dan and Clark Rockfall. So including Mark, I guess there were four of us on the call. Um, and so we, we talked about some of the issues that, that the community is, is dealing with uh, either through some of the COVID-19 um, uh, stimulus bills, or other issues that uh, are cropping up within states. So uh, special education and uh, the potential for idea waivers uh, was raised. Um, accessible voting, which will be talked about later by Clark, was raised and we talked quite a bit about that. Other issues pertaining to the um, to social security and the, uh, the stimulus checks that were going out were raised, uh, as well as <clears throat> issues pertaining to uh, the Social Security earnings cliff and some individuals who are blind that are working uh, for NIB agencies that are considered uh, essential employees and working far more than what they had, had been working uh, in their uh, eligibility for Social Security. Um, and then just uh, there are probably two or three other issues, but there are, I think, what, five or six big issues. The, the purpose of this call was really to see if there was a way for our 10 organizations to sort of coalesce around a few issues. Um, Dan and Clark, am I, am I missing anything? No, Eric, I think you hit the highlights. It, it was it was interesting just to see the, the group dynamics. Uh, everybody, Mark might also have some thoughts on this. Everybody, I think, played pretty well together in the sandbox. But, you know, there was some, uh, uh, you know, this is a kind of an interesting group to all bring together uh, at one time. And so I think there's some feeling a little bit of feeling each other out and, and you know kind of still some folks kind of keeping their cards close to their chest but um, i really applaud vision serve alliance for pulling this together and i think can only can only be beneficial in the long run uh the better job we do of communicating with each other and and what it allowed us to do i think is pick different areas where people had strengths and let them kind of be the leads to take certain um, policy positions forward so from that standpoint uh, I thought it was encouraging. I don't know, Mark, did you have any thoughts? 
Uh, audio Sorry. now unmuted. Very good. Okay. okay, I'm getting really sophisticated with this uh, <laughs> Zoom app. It's really quite something. Might be able to make coffee with it. Um, so, you know, every few years, it seems like different organizations in our field decide that they want to tap into what I often think of as the Rodney King philosophy. Why can't we all get along? And in this particular instance, I think, you know, Vision Serve Alliance, they've got a new CEO who I think we all like very much. I think they have a new vision for what they want to see happen. I think there have been a, there's been an impulse on the part of a lot of the folks who are part of the Vision Serve Alliance group to, to uh, you know, bring everybody together. And can we all sing Kumbaya? I'm not mocking the impulse, but I do think that, you know, it, it seems like the more that you're involved in this field, you see this from time to time. And it's a fine exercise. And uh, I was talking to somebody on this call tonight about this previously. And it's, you know, I think their advice to me was, yeah, Mark, just, just let it play out. You don't have to, you know, it will be what it will be. And uh, maybe some good communication will come out of it. But I think we've seen this before and there's nothing wrong with it. And maybe some good communication will happen as a result. But it's, it's just kind of funny how things come, come around from time to time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say the, the, the temperature was cautious, right? Everybody was a little cautious. That's about right. It was That's a little right. awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a good first meeting. So. But yeah. I have to say this, Dan, that I think taking off my AR hat and being, being first veep for a second, I was so proud yep. of ACB on that call because you could tell from the different groups that were on there. I mean, it just, we really stood out, I think. Um, you know, there were quite a few folks on the call and uh, a lot of folks had things to say. I think, you know, the NFB, of course, did, they, they, they do fine, of course. Um, but wow, uh, we really stood out with some good up-to-date content, good thorough analysis. I just, I was really proud of ACB for that experience. Yeah. So thank you, Clark and Eric. They really did an excellent yeah, job. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yep. Any other questions on that item? <laughs> So um, you said um, you said this was a good first meeting. Does that mean there are going to be other meetings uh, planned yes. and uh, happening? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there's another one coming up, I believe, in two weeks uh, to to check in, sort of uh, take the temperature, see where things are are at with some of these issues. And then um, I think the intent was to continue meeting. I, I believe every month or with some level of, of, uh, consistent like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Oh boy. This next item is just so much fun to talk about guys. You're going to love it. IT server, server migration. <laughs> so oh, yes. <laughs> um, so back uh, in the olden days, which would be the February board meeting, um, we had been talking about how we were, were going to migrate our server to Microsoft Azure. And we had a vendor in place that was going to perform that task. And uh, we decided that it would take place on uh, for, during the weekend of March 20, which would have been the first weekend that everybody was sheltering in place. Uh, we got to the day of the migration, 
to really go time. And the vendor came to us and said that they, they couldn't do what they had agreed to do. And um, uh, there was a, a, a significant level of, of uh, disappointment and uh, frustration with uh, that. Mm. The following Monday, we terminated our contract with them to do this. And what has happened since is uh, we reached out uh, to the Louisville web group who does all of the design work for acb.org, who we've been working with for the last, gosh, I guess, four years now, almost four years, three and a half years, and who had pulled us out of the fire, I think it's safe to say, Jeff, numerous times uh, over the last roughly eight months. And uh, they have the knowledge and capability to do this work. They know our server better than anybody um, on the planet <laughs> at this stage. And so um, I'm gonna hand it off to Jeff to talk a little bit about uh, us moving forward with this migration and getting it done in a time frame where it'll be uh, far enough away from, uh, or before, pardon me, far enough before the convention to ensure everything is is working properly. Right. So Jeff? Right, so we received an email this afternoon from uh, Louisa Web Group. The process has been uh, started. Um, there have been uh, uh, complete snapshots of the server have been made. And um, we are working through the the process of vigorous testing and and analysis to ensure that we have a very smooth process uh, moving forward. Um, and then um, we are also uh, consulting with one of the members of the Azure team at Microsoft to be able to provide us any guidance or any issues that may arise in, uh, in this effort. Um, we expect that there will be a period of uh, downtime during uh, this cutover. However, we expect it to be short. Um, we don't have an estimate on when that will be, but we will give you uh, very ample notice as to when that will take place. Um, and it will happen, you know, during the night. So uh, if any of you are more technically interested in exactly all of the gory details then get with me later and i'll fill you in but uh that's where we are today and uh, we have a number of people with their thumb on this uh moving forward and we're doing daily check-ins on the status and progress of uh, that we're being that's being made so anyone have any questions on that i do jim Jim, go ahead, Jim. Yep. Um, what, if any, are the financial ramifications of the contract cancellation and the negotiation and, and entry into a new agreement? So year to date, we've paid roughly $7,000 in server-specific um, 
activities. Uh, I believe, uh, Nancy, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. We had budgeted for roughly either 45 or 50,000 um, for this project to be done. Um, and one of the one of the nice aspects, Jim, of us going with Azure is that we're getting a significant cost discount because we're uh, being able to utilize uh, philanthropy for good, which is a a Microsoft uh, nonprofit arm that makes available to nonprofits uh, significant um, significantly discounted. Uh, software and other services such as Azure. So, uh, you know, going going to Azure uh, will cost us, I believe, it's thirty five hundred dollars for the year. Isn't that correct, Jeff? That's yeah, that's correct. That that's what the grant uh, is, I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Which will so, cover a, you know quite a bit of bandwidth and server allocation and server resources. Right. So um, there's been much work done already. We are uh, awaiting some numbers from Louisville Web on uh, the, the total cost of this, but it will be far less than what they quoted us uh, for the end, uh, for, for the budgetary purposes of, of FY20, Jim. Um, we are, we are at a state right now where if we don't get off of the current server host, uh, we put ourselves in significant jeopardy, uh, in particular when the convention comes around, um, because of the increased use. And I am happy to, to get you all, uh, those numbers. When when they are available, but we we need to to do this. Yeah, and I think we had. Uh, I understand that, and I'm not questioning that you yeah. need to do that. I'm just trying to find out what the scope of our exposure is. Right. And, and I if think, you don't know, you don't know. Right. I, and I think okay. we when we get the quote, it will be significantly less than what we had. We had three parts budgeted, I think, which totaled about ninety thousand dollars through the, you know, um, the support of the, you know, what was going to be the Amazon uh, Amazon services, right? Uh, plus the migration. But but I, you you ask a very good point, Jim. So I think we need to lay out for the board what we had budgeted in each of those categories and when we get the estimate from Louisville Web Group, what our actual expenditures will be. And I'll ask Eric and, and through with Nancy if you all could lay that out. And You know, we won't have another board meeting until the pre-convention board meeting, but if we could at least share those numbers with yeah. the board when they've come available. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we we are awaiting the proposed yeah. numbers, right? So yeah, right. I guess I should have said I didn't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think in lieu, but I still think we're very comfortable. We're in a very comfortable position re relative to what we had budgeted, which I think is important to let the board know. Yeah. 
what I find very interesting about this is that the, in lieu of us doing this, Louisville Web Group has also changed their entire paradigm business strategy of using AWS and moving to Azure for their entire cloud infrastructure as well. Um, so really, it's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting situation. So uh, it's, it's kind of a win-win from a partnership perspective. It really is. Um, they're good to work with. Really good to work with. So, okay. Uh, and then there's an other here. And uh, so we are in year four. Actually, we're starting into year five uh, on our lease for the Alexandria office. And back in March, uh, Kelly and I sat down with uh, the management of our building. Uh, it's an organization called ASCD, the Association for the Supervision of Curriculum Development. Um, they own the building and they are our landlord. And uh, we sat down, um, I had a desire to, to get a, an understanding of uh, what, you know, what level of interest they had and keeping us around to see if they'd give us a, a proposal for uh, a three-year lease extension. Our, our lease is up at the end of April of 2021. And uh, that happened literally the last week that we were all physically together in the office. And uh, what has happened is over the last week or so, they've gotten back to us with a proposal that I, I think is very good. Um, what, what I had requested of them was to uh, look at our current space uh, and remaining in our current space. So, um, but while remaining in our current space, carving out uh, a little bit of uh, extra space for one or two uh, extra headcount. So, uh, so they they went back. There's a ton of construction that's going on in the building right now. Um, much of the fourth floor had been vacant uh, on our floor, uh, and much of it now is going to be filled. Uh, by the, by the end of this year, and so they came back and said, "Hey, here's uh, here's what we propose." Uh, they went and got an estimate as to what it would what it would cost to do the renovations. Basically, uh, taking a storage area just outside of our conference room and turning it into an office, essentially putting up a wall and a door, uh, and then in the area, in the cubicle area where Claire and Sharon and now uh, Kelly sit, uh, moving the door uh, and knocking, you know, putting a wall back up where the door had been um, because of how the, the room is laid out, it would allow for a, a, a large full, full size cube in there. So uh, they came back to us and said, the, uh, you know, the three-year extension sounds good. 
Uh, this will cost $25,000. We'd like to split it with you. Have you pay 12,500 of it. And then uh, your annual uh, percentage escalation for, for your lease will go up 2% a year for those three years. So from 20, 21 to 24. Um, so uh, we met actually, ironically, earlier today. It wasn't set up purposely. Uh, and had the call, uh, asked them to get another uh, proposal. We thought that $25,000 was too high. One of the individuals that we met with was the CFO of ASCD. And literally about seven or eight minutes after we were done with the call, he called to say, we'll just waive the 12,500. So now we have uh, in front of us a proposal for a three-year extension of the lease that would start May 1st, go through end of April, uh, 2024, and uh, would have the lease, um, the annual percentage escalation of 2%, which I consider to be a, a, a very good deal. And Nancy can take you through, I asked her to uh, do some numbers as to what 2% year over year would look like. Um, but I, I would very much like for us to be able to to move forward with this um, as I, I like the office space. Mr. President, um, this is uh, this is Ray, and uh, I. This sounds very good. Um, I would not be, and I don't think we have to vote on this right now. But I would not be comfortable voting on this unless I saw a written proposal. Uh, or you know, have it written out with uh, so I could lay it out in front of me and stuff, and and we've got time for that, I think. But my question is um, for you, Eric, and also for for Nancy from Minneapolis area too. When people start coming back to work, um, social distancing is going to be probably part of the new normal for a while. Are our offices set up so that we can do the proper social distancing? I believe I believe we are because we have uh, while we have the room with those cubes um, we also have a conference room uh, as well as a, uh, a a table in our lobby a, a smaller conference table so we have offices for Tony Clark and myself which would be fine um, the um, we'd have to take a look from a measurement standpoint, but I, I, I believe that Claire and Sharon would be six feet apart. Uh, and it would leave Kelly with, uh, moving either into the conference room or to the smaller conference table in our lobby. But if we, if we're able to do the build out, then she would have a new space across that's from you, Eric, so she would that's definitely correct. be in her own space. Yeah, at that okay. The the okay. other component of this is they are willing to do this construction work now while we are out of the office. Oh, very good. 
Okay, I've got a question, and I think I know the answer, but you know, you better just because I've been there don't mean anything. This this work actually won't give us any more space. It'll just uh, more professionalize the space that we've got. Is that right? Yes. That's correct. Okay. We're not we're not knocking down walls and accruing additional square footage or anything of that nature. Oh, and I, and I know it was asked uh, that, that Ray said he'd rather wait to vote, but am I understanding we actually need to move move forward on this if we're going to it here? It, it would be nice. I mean, it's it's oh, however okay. you, you well. It, however, you all wish to proceed. Um, They're going to be getting us the actual written proposal here um, soon, and we can share that. And Mr. President, I don't know if you know, uh, you know, a vote would be necessary or a motion uh, over email or how that would go, or if folks feel comfortable tonight. Um, I would, I would I withdraw my concern. Um, if we do need to move on this fairly quickly with the understanding, of course, that we'll see a copy of the written proposal once it's uh, shared. Right. And, 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 and I, I think, have... you know, well, I, I want to let, let's hear, were there others? We had Dave, Ray and Dave, were there others that were seeking the floor? Um, while I'm waiting to hear if others are, I, I will say that, you know, we've, we've invested a lot in this space. Uh, you know, as we, we got a grant last year to come in and really professionalize the space, professionalize the, the conference rooms, uh, the, the storage, uh, as well as uh, an interior decorator, all that was done by a, a grant that we acquired so it didn't cost money out of our normal operating budget. But it, for those who've had a chance to visit it, it really is a very professional looking space now. And, um, you know, I think it's, this is a hard time to be thinking of in, in, you know, within six months, if our lease was going to expire by next year, we're going to have to start doing a lot of due diligence at looking in new places. And it's kind of a tough environment to do that. And so, to me, this has been a, they've been an excellent landlord, very good to work with. They're, they're really you know, they're, they're being very, you know, judicious and that they're not, you know, asking for a large increase and they're willing to do this build out for us, uh, you know, as part of the, I would say the negotiation for us to extend our lease. So it gives us some improved functionality where we now have a good spot for Kelly and we have one very good professional cube that a new person could move into if we need to bring in a contractor or any other personnel in the future. Um, Eric, I think was, you know, he did not want to go with a five-year lease. He wanted to go with a three-year lease because the world is changing and they were willing to honor uh, a three-year lease extension as opposed to the five years we had before. So I think we've done some good work here. And this literally has has happened here over the you know, Eric called me when the when the um, CFO contacted him this afternoon. So it's funny when you put something on the agenda called other updates, you never know what's going to happen in our world as quickly as it moves. But uh, exactly. it you know it literally was you know uh, at, at, at four o'clock today. I got a phone call. So. Uh, or a little bit before four, uh, before we got on a Microsoft call. So, 
one just never knows. But it does seem like um, we're not going to do anything rash. But if, as a board, we could give uh, Eric and Nancy the authorization to proceed if they believe the contract comes back and looks like it's in the best interest. And of Dan, this is this is Mark. I would I would move that, please. Okay. So, uh, Mark, you're willing to move uh, giving authorization to Eric and Nancy uh, to sign a contract for a three-year extension. Along the terms we've been talking seconds. about. Right. The terms Thank we've you. talked about. Yep. Yes. Thank you. I'd like to second man. that. Oh, is that Michael Talley? Uh, yes, I was going to say, because I was going to speak up. This is this is a really good opportunity. All right. Thank you, Michael. Um, we have a motion no, no. in a second. I'll open it up for discussion. And I heard Jeff's name first. Jeff Tom. And then David. And then David. Okay. So I, I am not going to oppose this because I agree with everything that has been said. It does look like a good proposal. Um we're getting a better space ultimately for very little more money. Two percent is next to nothing. But by the same token, I suppose I should maybe I'm channeling Carla or something like that. But we really don't know where the economy is going to be going in the next year or two. And so I guess I would say that yes, let's do this now. But we better be very careful in our future decision making with respect to taking on any new increased expenses. That's all I guess I'd say. Yeah, I understand completely. And I think doing the three-year lease was, you know, that helps. Right, and, and this, the Alexandra area, for those of you who, you know, I know a lot of us are fairly familiar with it, uh, but before COVID-19 hit, I mean, real estate in Alexandria is just going through the roof because <clears throat> Amazon, you know, announced their new facility was going to be located there. As you all remember, the old town, uh, Alexandria Crown Plaza, was torn down and is made into new high rise, you know, new condos. I mean, the, the area is just, well, before two months ago was booming, <laughs> you know, so we don't know what. It's true we don't know what COVID nineteen might do, but um, but 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 Alexandria is a very popular um, office location. Uh, other discussion. David was the next. I, I'm sorry, David. I apologize. Go ahead, David. Okay, uh, I got a couple of comments, and then I want to ask the motion maker to add some specifics. First of all, I want to say that this is the best office we've ever had, and it and the Lease money is less complicated because of the property tax business that we've had to deal with in the past. The only thing I would ask in the motion is that we be specific that the construction be included and, you know, that it, we are definite on the 2%, which is, I think, at this point in time is excellent. Okay. Well, I so mean that's clearly a friendly that's clearly a friendly amendment uh, for sure because I think we we heard the terms earlier and that's what was specified so I, I'm totally into that that's fine thank Mark you're good and, and Michael is a seconder are you okay let's see yes sir I sure am uh, okay I agree. all right okay thank you good. all right good so that's amendment was friendly amendment <laughs> Dan this is all Doug. right uh, go ahead Doug. My question is, what was in the storage area that's going to be turned into the office, and how are we going to accommodate 
for storage thereafter. <coughs> Ironically, Doug, there's a desk in there. <laughs> a perfectly good desk and bookshelves. Okay. Yeah. So it it um it it would fit it would it would uh, be modified quite nicely into a functional office space. Thank you. Any other questions? All right. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you all very much. And Eric and Nancy, Kelly and everyone, thank you so much for all your, uh, your due diligence in, in, uh, in a very difficult time. So, so thank you for working with our, uh, with our landlords. And, and, and keeping, uh, you know, it's very important to kind of always think ahead. So, so, Eric, thank you for you and your team doing that. Thank you. All right. That's, I think, all for Eric. Did you have any other updates? No, sir. <laughs> Yeah, believe I'm, I'm very spent. good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, next, we'll go to item B under staff reports, which is Clark Rackful to talk to us, our advocacy director. Uh, so, Clark, take it away. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah. So the the first item on the agenda for the advocacy report is um, voting and primarily accessible absentee voting. So there's been a, a lot of traffic over the leadership and announce list. Um, and thank you to the, the advocacy committee as well as our state and special interest affiliates for uh, being our eyes and ears on the ground on this issue, um, as well as being very responsive. Um, so as a lot of states are either rescheduling their primaries um, or changing from in-person to um, entirely vote by mail, ACB and other advocacy organizations are leading the charge to ensure that in addition to voting by mail with a paper ballot, that states are offering an accessible alternative. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we led a sign-on letter. Um, at the end of the day, this was a, a letter to Congress uh, because in the third stimulus package, there was $400 million allocated for um, states for federal elections, but there was no mention of accessibility or accessible absentee voting. Um, so we sent this letter to Congress uh, urging them to require funds to be spent for accessible absentee voting and any further stimulus packages. Um, ACB was joined by 20 other national disability rights and civil rights organizations um, and over 75 national, state, and local organizations total. On this letter, there was also over 30 ACB affiliates. Um, at least five of those were special interest affiliates, but the, the vast majority were state affiliates as well. Um, the other organizations primarily were the protection and advocacy organizations within states, as well as independent living centers. Um, 
National Disability Rights Network, NDRN, and the National Council on Independent Living are very active in this space with ACB as well. Um, and also of note, other blindness organizations in our field, such as Vision Serve and AER, um, Blinded Veterans Association, and even Prevent Blindness, um, signed on to this letter as well. In addition to that letter, um, we've been in communication with the Disability Rights Section of the Department of Justice. And earlier this week, ACP, along with our New York affiliate, uh, the National Council on Independent Living, and their New York Independent Association on Independent Living, their state affiliate, um, and two ACB members as individual complainants filed an ADA complaint um, against the state of New York. And this complaint highlights New York's um, postponing their primary to June 23rd and offering no excuse um, vote by mail with a paper ballot. Um, we've pointed out to DOJ that this is not accessible and the ADA, as well as Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, um, requires equal access to all parts of the voting process, uh, which includes absentee voting. So that is pending. Um, we also have a, an op-ed that has been drafted and submitted to the New York Times highlighting this issue as well. Um, we'll hear in basically next week whether or not that has been accepted. As this issue progresses, uh, we're still hearing from ACB members um, all throughout the country. And fortunately, many of our state affiliates are using these materials to help inform and to share with the either Board of Elections or Secretaries of State um, in their home states as they work to secure uh, accessible election alternatives uh, here in 2020. Um, we have heard of some progress on this front. Um, it has not been fully announced publicly, but we, we are hearing that Florida, Delaware, and New Jersey are all moving towards a system that uses um, accessible electronic absentee ballots, meaning that a voter would be able to receive their ballot electronically, fill it out on a smart device with their own accessibility software, and then electronically return their ballot. Um, and that's, that's very exciting. And that joins the work that West Virginia is doing, um, that we worked with West Virginia on earlier this year, as well as the work being done in states like Utah and um, the state of Washington and Oregon as well. So I think that's it for the, the voting item on the agenda. Um, the, the next item is COVID-19 more broadly. Um, there is, there's a lot going on right now. Um, if, if it's not COVID-19 related in Washington, D.C., it's, it's not getting done. Um, before we, 
No, I guess I'll stick. I'll stick with COVID. Um, so as Doug and Dan, excuse me, Doug, um, as Dan and Eric and Mark mentioned earlier in the conversation we had with the national organizations with Vision Serve, um, I think one of the main takeaways that I had from that meeting and many of the meetings we've had with the Consortium of Citizens with Disabilities as well is that all of the advocacy organizations are in the same boat. Um, we are all doing very much with the resources that we have, and we all recognize that we cannot do it all alone. Um, so I, I think what started to take place is kind of a uh, kind of a stratifying um, where someone or organizations like AFB and AER are helping to um, lead the policy work being done in the education space. Uh, and ACB is ready and willing to collaborate with them on sharing information as well as hosting events and participating um, on panel discussions and even inviting them to share the work that they're doing as well. Um, and as they're doing that, ACB is really at the forefront of voting. Um, and the, the work that Claire is doing as co-chair of the CCD Transportation Task Force on Transportation, as well as the work we're doing on accessible and assistive technology. This time has also helped us build and strengthen uh, relationships with the, the, the cross-disability community, like I mentioned, NDRN and Nickel on voting, um, but also within the blindness community. Um, some of the best conversations that we've had have come recently, whether that's with the, the Vision Serve Alliance becoming more active in this space or Prevent Blindness, um, collaborating with ACB in, on healthcare priorities, making sure that folks can access telehealth services not only via accessible video, but also for folks that don't have access to broadband and video communications, making sure they can access information via the phone. Um, so that's some of my, my observations in this, in this space. Uh, I invite everyone to look at the ACB COVID-19 response page. Um, down at the bottom, there's a section that lists some of the sign-on letters that we've joined, um, whether that's increasing access to um, medical prescriptions so that folks can have a 90-day um, supply of their medication on hand, um, the items about telehealth that I already mentioned, uh, but also work that, again, Claire and the task force are doing around access to transportation and making sure that people with disabilities um, don't have to board from the rear door of buses and still have access to paratransit and things like that. Um, also in this space, I think earlier this week, folks saw the, the message that Claire Stanley put together and sent out about the, the ever-shifting sands of whether, how, if, and when folks receiving Social Security, SSDI, and SSI um, qualify and may receive their personal stimulus payments from the IRS. Um, that's one of those things that everyone was clamoring for it. Claire did a great job of pulling together the information we had. And I think up until yesterday, um, the information was still shifting and changing. 
Um, but that's, that's the new normal, it would seem. Um, and we're, we're doing our best to not only stay on top of that, but also keep everyone um, informed. And I, I think the last item on COVID-19 that I'll point out is um, early in late March, early April, uh, the ACB and AFB sent a joint letter to Congress on the notion of um, waivers to the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Um, that language passed in the third stimulus package. Um, so we anticipate in the next week that the Department of Education will send their report back to Congress on what waivers they would like to see in IDEA. I think as an advocacy organization, we we had the correct stance that any waivers that limit the services being provided to students with disabilities are a non-starter. Um, and that was the correct posture to take at the time. However, I will say that in conversations with service providers um, and also the state vocational rehabilitation agencies, they are much more open to seeing IDEA waivers um, because VR, in the sense that I gather, and Mark Reichert can probably add uh, more to this topic as well, but a lot of VR services are reimbursed um, based off of in-person consultations and in-person services. So I would say don't be surprised or alarmed if you see either vocational rehabilitation services or private sector um, organizations that provide VR and educational services um, being supportive of waivers to IDEA. Um, Mark, is there anything you'd like to add on that point? Uh, I, uh, no, other than a big amen to what you just said, I, I, you know, a number of us have been trying to, uh, defend IDEA and defend rights. You know, we, we did our letters, which were very good and pushed back on Congress. Don't, don't be touching civil rights. And then our friends from the vocational rehab side, I, I got a nasty gram. I expect maybe other folks got these nasty grams from our friends in the rehab world saying, there you go, go again, um, painting with a broad brush and you're not paying attention to Vogue Rehab. And I tried responding back to them saying, look, our, our communications to Congress were pretty clear. First of all, no congressional waivers. We don't need Congress to come in and start fiddling around with any of our laws. And second, this is about civil rights and students. This is not about, we're not opposed to the idea of trying to build in greater flexibility in how voc rehab dollars are spent. And we've all tried to work very hard with OSERS and the Department of Education and RSA, et cetera, et cetera, to, to urge them to be more intelligent with how they require what they require. So I, I'm, a, I'm amening what you're saying, Clark, uh, Clark, but I would also say, and I hope some of our voc rehab friends are listening, you know, sometimes it gets a little frustrating when, um, you, when in doing the right thing, we have some of our, our partners in the voc rehab world who want to be quick to set, to sort of point the finger and say, you all aren't working hard to defend us or to give us flexibility. We are in fact doing that. 
and and people need to be um, pe people need to be very careful when they read the alerts that we put out and look at the positions that our various organizations take because I think we were all very clear that we were focused on education <clears throat> and civil rights and students and uh, and we'll, we're going to continue to work on vocational rehab flexibility. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. And then as I, I get into the uh, um, the final section of my report, I'd like to point out that Kristen Worth left tackle from the University of Iowa was not picked in the top eight picks of the NFL draft, but the night is young. <laughs> and as I loop back to the, um, and already one tackle is off the board, I'll add that as well. Um, You're such a dork. I, <laughs> you, uh, the legislative seminar as folks remember, we set some smart advocacy goals from the legislative seminar. And one of those goals was surrounding the uh, Medicare demonstration of coverage for Low Vision Devices Act, H.R. 4129 in the 116th Congress, a legislative imperative for ACB. And we wanted to have over 150 um, Hill reports, feedback forms completed um, about uh, basically from the, from the Capitol Hill day. Um, well, we had nearly 200 Hill feedback forms completed. Um, and just to, just to put that in perspective, last year, my first year with ACB, uh, we had about 70. So thank you to everyone in attendance. Um, and thank you to Sharon and Kelly and Claire for um, organizing uh, those feedback forms, and especially Claire for doing a lot of the follow-up with offices. Um, we also set the SMART goal of 50 co-sponsors for HR 4129. And you know what? We didn't hit that goal, um, but we did nearly double the number of co-sponsors that we had. Um, so prior to the legislative seminar in the Hill Day, we were at about, I think we were at seven. Um, six or seven co-sponsors, and now we're at 11. I, I think it's important to keep in perspective what has transpired since the legislative seminar. Um, the Hill Day was the last time that I saw everyone from ACB, and my, how the world has changed. Um, and as a, an old cycling coach told me, you know, the, the only two um, coaches that you need in life are coffee and wine. Coffee tells you that you can do anything. The world is your oyster, sees it by the tail, and wine says, well, you'll do better next time. So we added, <laughs> we added several co-sponsors. We have more than we have. Words had to live by. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. And, yeah, and we'll, we'll do better next time. Um, but like I said before, it's really as long as, uh, it, only things that are COVID-19 related are what's moving right now. We are reaching out to members of Congress as well as the health subcommittees um, to inquire about including HR 4129 um, in a stimulus package as a vehicle that would help people age in place and remain in their community and out of um, assisted and long-term care facilities. Um, so hopefully we have some good news to report on that. And then our other two legislative imperatives, um, there has not been much in the way of legislative action on transportation issues. There's been some 
local state and local changes in services that are offered. But in terms of legislation, nothing has happened, I'll say, as of yet. There is a lot of talk that infrastructure spending could be part of the fourth stimulus package. Um, House Democrats are pushing strongly for this. The president and the White House are very much in favor of broadband infrastructure being a part of this next package. Um, so stay tuned. There, there could certainly be very uh, rapid and fast movement on our, our transportation-related priorities. And then I'll, I'll close my report by saying I hope that everyone has noticed that we are we're trying to make an effort to push this information out as well as receive input from our affiliates and communities on this on these issues. So at the last board meeting, um, we we heard the the concerns about in including affiliates and committees more in the pro the process and the the response to issues. Um, obviously, some things move quicker than others, and there might not be time, but when it's possible, um, we're certainly trying to seek input from affiliates and committees. Um, so, for example, thank you to Doug Powell and the Rehab Issues Task Force, as well as Jeff Tom and AAVL for providing um, comments and feedback on a regulatory item at RSA for the Older Individuals with Blindness Program. And thank you to ADP and the Information Access Committee uh, for always providing um, timely responses to inquiries about accessible appliances and uh, what's going on at the FCC. So I think that's it for me. Unless thank you, Clark. Excellent report. Any, any questions for Clark? Yeah, Clark, I have a question. This is Ray Campbell. Do we know... Um, how many uh, ACB members uh, submitted comments on the uh, ANPRM to Department of Transportation about flying dogs? Um, that's a good question, Ray. I don't know if, uh, if Claire is still on the line. I know my guess would be there was at least 10. Um, so Claire took the lead on drafting ACB's comments. We certainly got those in. Um, there were several podcasts leading up to it, highlighting the comment deadline for the NPRM. And we did have a flurry there at the end, um, at the end of March, beginning of April, before that April 6th deadline. Um, so unless Claire has a, a good guess, I'd say um, around 10 or 12. This is Claire, sorry, I was muted in the other room. Um, yeah, I think it was approximately 10. I think that's the right number. All right. Well, this is Deb. There were a lot of people who submitted them without assistance from ACB, including some state affiliates and other individuals. So I know of at least five others that were submitted on behalf of uh, members or affiliates of ACB that didn't do it through the office. Very good. Uh, other questions for Clark? All right. Thank you, Clark. Excellent, excellent update. Uh, next, we're going to hear from Cindy Van Winkle, our membership services coordinator. So, Cindy? Yeah, hi, everybody. Um, so, first, I'm going to talk. My dog heard me talk, and she just came running. <laughs> um, 
first I'm going to talk about the certification process. Um, we're still really finalizing everything. So the numbers I'm going to share with you right now uh, have a lot of work to be done to them. And at your next board meeting, I'll be able to give you guys a clearer picture of where we are as far as like state affiliates, uh, special interest affiliates, and overall members, members. Uh, but we see right now, this was from a, probably a week and a half ago, um, about a 6.2 drop in membership uh, through our affiliates. Now, uh, this, this number will change because there are affiliates as they've gone through the certification process and they're sent what we have for them. They're making corrections, um, you know, sharing that there, there was something missing, that kind of thing. So we do believe that that number will uh, lessen uh, our numbers will go up, and so the decrease will lessen. Uh, from my perspective, uh, there's other there's other elements to this that I definitely will be looking at. For example, the posse's been doing a lot of work, and I am anxious to see uh, some of the benefits of their work. And once we have our membership numbers all finalized, we'll be able to pull some of the calls uh, that were made by the posse and run records on things like a percentage of, you know, how many people that were contacted on this particular campaign turned into uh, rejoining as a lapsed member or uh, became a member at large. Uh, and, and we'll, you know, so we still have some things to figure out there, but, uh, you know, certainly I don't like seeing any decrease. Uh, the bigger decrease was on the special interest affiliate side, which also makes me really sad. Uh, but I think that we have some really awesome, exciting things in place that has great potential for special interest affiliates if they will come on board. So, uh, you know, I, I really can't give you more than what I'm giving you as far as those numbers go at this moment. Um, so if, Unless somebody has a question that I probably can't answer, <laughs> um, I'd like I'd like to move to the good stuff. Um, is that okay? Unless somebody has something. Well, we'll see, uh, Cindy. If anybody has any questions related to membership certification, any any questions out there from the board? All right. Well, okay. Let's go, go on and move on stuff. to item number two. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, I've been working from home for six weeks, and it's been the busiest six weeks of my life. I can honestly say that. And yet, it's been the most rewarding. Uh, you know, you guys have all seen the activity with these community events, conference calls. Uh, and we started kind of slow. Uh, our first call was held on March 17th. And from March 17th to March 31st, we held 14 community calls. Since April 1st to April 23rd, we have held 59 more. So we've held a total of 72. Several of these are not uh, just ACB sponsored. Um, so several of them are special interest affiliates, state affiliates, uh, and 
committees, ACB committees, that have reached out and offered to hold some sort of a community call. And it's been my job to kind of wrangle them all in and make some, put them in some semblance of order and create something that is palatable by everybody and to try to get the word out to drive this. Uh, and at first it felt like it was uh, cars going every direction. And, uh, but I feel like we're on the right track. I wanted to give you, uh, first, I want to go back a little bit. March 11th, we actually did a community call of sorts. Uh, it was our first call. This wasn't open to everybody. It was for our presidents, and we call it our President's Hump Day Happy Hour. And the presidents get together from 4 to 5, or let's see, 4 to 5, my time, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And so we've held seven of these so far. And I just wanted to share a little bit about uh, the numbers, the least number of people on one of those calls has been 10 uh, presidents and the most has been 22. And so the average has been 14 and we have had 23 state affiliates and seven special interest affiliate presidents um, on one, one or more of those calls. And as of yesterday, We've had one president that's been on every one of them. Um, so those, those kind of gave us, a, you know, that was kind of a starting point. And then March 17th came, and I held a presentation um, around uh, really COVID-19. I, I said to Eric, I'd like to hold a couple of community meetings just to talk about how we can reach out to our membership during this time. And we had two, one on a Tuesday, one on a Thursday, and they, they brought about 57 people total to those two calls. And they continued on. The highest number that we've had at one of our calls was the Comcast call. I believe it was 63 people were on that call. We have a, a coffee social that takes place now on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Yeah, we've added a day, Mondays now. And those calls truly are just social, very uplifting calls. We have a lot of regulars that come on them. And they range anywhere from 27 to 42 people on them. And um, what I can count, and so I did go through and the thing is, is I don't have access to all of the numbers. There's about 17 out of these 72 calls that have been held that I do not have numbers for because they were done by outside uh, state affiliates or special interest affiliates or maybe a committee that I didn't get numbers for. But out of 55 calls held, we had 1,851 people join in on those calls. I guarantee you we've had then over 2,000 people coming on these calls. Now, some of these are repeaters for sure, but uh, I just am so excited about this opportunity. Uh, we've created an email list called ACB Community Events. We have currently, it's not even been up for a week, and we have 195 subscribers. 
uh, with uh, suggestions from uh, uh, what we believe is somebody that's got some expertise in this area for security. We are no longer putting our call-in information on our website. There is a link, though, for people to be able to uh, join the email list as well as to contact me by email or to call us if somebody needs any of the contact information. Every morning, I'm sending out a daily schedule. So this morning, I sent out for Thursday. Tomorrow morning, I'll send out for Friday. So every morning, somebody gets, uh, if they're on the email list, they get the call-in information for that given day. And once a week, we will send out via constant contact the week, the weekly schedule. So the difference is, though, that the weekly schedule may not have things that end up coming up on the fly. So this is like a moving target. And I learn of things like, for example, I just read that Next Generation has a call on Saturday. They posted it to leadership. So I'm going to snag that and I'm going to add it to my weekly event. But if the weekly event go, or the weekly schedule goes out and that came up, I wouldn't be able to add it to that. But I would then include it in my daily uh, schedule that goes out to the email list. Mm. Um, we have several people that are coming on that are not members of ACB. And I am working currently on gaming labs. Um, this is a result of a couple of gaming uh, discussions that were held on Friday night mm. with some great response. And so we are going to conduct mm. some gaming labs for the iPhone. And uh, look forward to doing that. We've had a lot of people reached out into the community and people are coming forward offering to help with that. So I'm really excited about that. And I am really appreciative of the support of ACB Radio who have been willing to share several of our events on live events. So uh, that's kind of where we are with the community events. It's exciting. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. And I think one more thing I just want to share about them is that um, we are getting feedback all throughout the staff of ACB. Um, calls are coming in, uh, emails. Um, people are thanking us for what we're doing and sharing how meaningful these events are. And I can speak to a couple of events that are regular events taking place, the coffee social. People are getting to know one another. And when somebody's not there, they miss them. Um, and there's, uh, and the people on the easy chair yoga that Leslie does, uh, she does that on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, they're all getting to know each other and they're moving forward in, in their uh, yoga work. And so it's just, and then also we're giving opportunity for new people to come on board and volunteer. Um, I start with them co-hosting with me and then eventually uh, they'll be able to host and support the presenter. Um, always looking for new content and would love to have uh, people reach out to me and thank you. Ray is going to be doing one next Tuesday on working from home and, uh, and, uh, um, Claire and Rebecca Bridges, Claire, family and Rebecca Bridges are going to be doing one on uh, coming to D.C. and, and as a tourist and uh, the different accessible opportunities there. 
I don't have the date yet, but it's, it's going to be next week. So there's some really fun new stuff that's coming on as well. So any questions about the community of us? Made me tired Senator, this year. Dan, I just want to say these are absolutely sensational. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all your hard work. They're really, I think, bringing our our community and our ACB organization together in a way we've never done before. So it, the, the spirit is just fantastic. And I think I heard Ray. So go ahead. Yeah, Ray. I was just going to say. First of all, that that made me tired just hearing it. <laughs> but. but um, <laughs> Second of all, um, I you know I really I really think that um, we really kind of latched on to something here that um, at this time when with so much uncertainty in the world and that that um, our, our community needed uh, to be more connected and we have been and I I really hope that and I'm hoping I actually believe that many of these calls will continue after we get back to whatever the new normal is going to be. Um, I and I really right. hope that happens. I think you're right. Um, I do want to say that uh, two things. One, there was a, a gentleman, longtime member, older gentleman, uh, on, I think it was on Tuesday's call for the coffee social. Uh, we, I was asked for a sunshiny moment. So uh, that's, just one of the things they all know I'm going to ask it. And so, um, you know, we go around and anybody that wants to share can share. And um, anyway, this gentleman said, I have always wanted to feel connected to ACB. And now I do. Um, and then if I could read a, a, a note from somebody uh that I got a couple of days ago, uh, Monday, I think, sending a note to connect personally, uh, to say hello. Uh, yesterday was my first time on the call coffee hour. I look forward to today also going to try the yoga. Um, I cannot tell you how emotionally grateful I felt yesterday feeling a part of Look forward to connecting. That's it. And these, this is an example of the kind of emails and calls that we are getting uh, in response to these community events. So, you know, sometimes we change because we have, sometimes we change because we know um, it's, you know, it's kind of inevitable and we, we see the writing on the wall and we work towards that change. And, and it, we know it's to a benefit. And other times we fall into our push to change. And I would say that this is going to be a, a direct result of what we're going through right now. And it will be one of the positive changes because of COVID-19. And I don't believe it will stop. And um, I'm just really excited to be a part of it and uh, find new ways for us to connect people. And the other day I had somebody on a call Tuesday night from England don't know how she found out about it or anything, but that was really wonderful. And uh, like I said, people are identifying themselves as non-members and people are reaching out to me to find out how they can share um, getting on the list and so on. So 
Uh, and then one other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Friends of ACB went live on the 10th. So it's been live for about th- not quite two weeks. We have seven friends. <laughs> so it started slow. We haven't done anything yet to really market the Friends of ACB. But I wanted you to know that it is up on our website and that is an option for people to get connected with ACB. And I think that when we can sit down and really, uh, you know, start to breathe a little bit, uh, from these community events, we can really look at how we can um, use that particular program and these community events to really work toward building our membership. And um, let's hope that state and special interest affiliates might think about holding uh, some sort of event. Thank you, Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. They, are, they just did a swipe tap event last night. Um, and uh, Missouri's been doing an open chat, and uh, and then of course we've had BPI doing some events, and um, and then when I see things like from Braille Revival League, uh, and when Laura does theirs and CCLV ideas theirs, I snag them and put them on the schedule. Uh, but think outside of the box, and if you want to, you know, talk to me about possible ideas. I'm open. So thank you so much. Uh, just really excited to be a part of all of this. Thank you, Cindy. It's fantastic. Any questions for Cindy? Thank you so much, Cindy. Uh, next, we're going to hear uh, from Tony Stevens, our Director of Development. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Good evening, everybody on the board. Privileged to speak with you all this evening. Um, I'll, I'll work to be brief, be brilliant, and be gone, as I always say, the three Bs. Uh, to practice uh, here in my notes i have down to talk about the first 50 days uh you know not to split hairs but we're actually at 53 days 13 hours and six minutes i believe <laughs> so i say that because it feels like as ray mentioned earlier in the meeting uh time has uh, ages ago uh, it was you know only only 53 days ago it feels like uh the honeymoon was extremely short i guess you could say and as much to say that within two weeks we were already moving into uh sort of this new uh work environment um with with children downstairs always in classrooms and things like that uh throughout the day but nevertheless uh, like you know cindy said we have been working i think even harder uh you know in these in these times and and in these new settings for our work environment uh, to that end, though, I want to thank everybody that has taken time already to get on the phone and talk with me. I've had an opportunity to speak with uh, the subcommittee chairs for the Resource Development Committee um, to Leslie and Dan, Leslie Spoon and Dan Dillon. Uh, thanks to them, as well as you know, to Donna and George and Jean and, and Carla and so many others. Um, one of the things I was wanting to do uh, in, in sort of the slow uh, idea of, of a slow ramp up into the new role um, before everything sort of went, uh, you know, sort of uh, changed dramatically, in a sense, in our priorities and work that we were doing within the office to move remotely, uh, was to have a chance to try to speak to, to all of you at some point as well. Um, it is uh, fair to say that uh, as a board, you all are sort of an embodiment of the values of the organization. And one of the key areas that I have on my plate to focus on, and I think it's even more important now amidst uh, the storytelling that needs to take place because every nonprofit in the United States, 1.5 million nonprofits in the U.S., and uh, they are speaking louder than ever or will at least. A lot of folks are respecting uh, the needs for those nonprofits that need to have the necessary attention be drawn to them. 
but it is fair to say that everybody in the development community uh, knows that this is going to be a tough year for nonprofits. So that means the voices are going to be even louder, as it were, clanging for dollars uh, over the course of the coming year and probably even a couple of years after that. To that end, you know, essentially there are three areas to sort of successful persuasion toward others to come and follow in your footsteps of an organization. Uh, there are solid metrics and data to back up the work that you do. Uh, there is, of course, a strong narrative that is persuasive and a strong value proposition. I think it's fair to say that we've heard this evening with the work that Clark and Cindy and others are doing uh, that we have a very strong value proposition. It's exciting to hear about the ways that we have been able to engage around this crisis and really, in a sense, bring a, a value of what ACB is to people. That is very powerful and persuasive in our storytelling as we work to establish a very solid narrative Folks know we're bringing in some marketing consultation over the coming months and be working with them uh, paramount in that sort of work, not just in any external communications and messaging we do, but is in time to that messaging uh, that's going to ask for people to join us in in matter of if it's volunteering or through giving dollars and revenue uh, that can help sustain us through these difficult times, but also for the long time as well. So in that sense, I need to say thanks to all the folks that have already engaged with um, but also, too, uh, for you all on the call uh, this evening, uh, there will be additional reaching out as time allows itself, I believe, going into May. Uh, there'll be significant more time given uh, to be able to try to ascertain your own stories and to find out, in a sense, what makes you passionate about the organization, because that's one of those areas that we can definitely use in, in sort of telling our own story and what is the value of ACB, uh, not just to our members, but to all Americans who are blind. Uh, moving that conversation over these 53 days into the convention, because that where is, is where obviously a lot of attention has been given for all the staff over the past 50, uh, you know, well, since, since we've sort of moved into the hard decisions that you all had to make on March 30th uh, at the end of last month, uh, you know, it is, it is uh, fair to say that we are uh, at a time of, of really uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And with a lot of the folks with ACB radio and tech, uh, you know, technology-minded folks, uh, Jason and, and Debbie and others, uh, you know, working to try to create a convention that is uh, going to be something that will definitely be in the history books. Uh, I am being very optimistic with this convention uh, as it goes virtual and thinking of it in a very positive light. We have an opportunity to reach people in ways we've never reached before. Before even the coronavirus really reached a level of significance in the United States, when I was coming on board and talking with Eric, there was a lot of conversation on how can we reach the millions of Americans who don't know about us, uh, the, the sons and daughters of parents who are losing their sight, the spouses, the partners, the parents, other people who, as Cindy said, we only have seven people now as friends of ACB, but I expect that metric to grow significantly as we work to re sort of brand ourselves through a value proposition and really identify ways through our current communication channels and other new communication channels, such as reaching out through social network and finding ways to reach people uh, in ways we haven't reached before uh, to really help build that footprint and that network of, of people that aren't just members, but people that are champions, people that want to walk along with us. And in that sense, we hope along the way too, those that are able to give can also not just walk with us, but perhaps give a little bit to help sustain the organization for its, for its longevity. Having shared that, in terms of you know the convention, uh, it is an event that raises our largest revenue, uh, in a sense, over the year outside of like the thrift stores uh, is a key revenue generator for us. But the convention as well through the sponsorships, we're currently at $123,500 in sponsorship that we raised. Uh, that is, you know, 
I don't have any numbers in front of me to compare where it was last year. I know in talking to a couple of folks, people are having to sort of see how things go. Uh, we heard from one sponsor from previous years that, uh, you know, we're still waiting to hear on. Uh, but to that end, I want to thank Nancy for her work in getting together uh, and getting to Janet uh, a, a revamped sort of platform or not platform, but, uh, you know, sort of a list of what the sponsorship levels get for their money. Because we obviously had to reconfigure some things, uh, in not this being a, an in-person convention, but through a virtual convention, how can we bring value to our corporate sponsors? So that is now as of today live. So thanks to Nancy for helping to get that information out so that now we can re-engage those sponsors who have not yet given, who have not yet, you know, uh, sent in their checks and to be able to say to them, you know, look, we're here. This is what we can offer for you. And as I mentioned before, we have an excellent opportunity to reach a significantly large audience because we know oftentimes the cost of travel and the time away from home is a, is a factor that keeps many people away from our convention, unfortunately. So this year, those barriers are at least broken down. So hopefully we can significantly grow that. In terms of the convention planning and the existing programs that we have around fundraising and revenue on the fundraising side, I want to say thanks again to the Resource Development Committee and everybody on that committee and the chairs of the subcommittees for really not being afraid of change. People know how oftentimes change is difficult and change is hard, but I've heard only positive things and encouragement when it comes to thinking of new ways that we can try to uh, you know, engage people through, let's say the ACB Brenda uh, Dillon Memorial Walk, uh, in terms of MMS, in terms of the auction, in terms of the other ways in our annual giving society, in other ways we engage people uh, on more of a giving side as part of our convention. Um, so, as that goes forward, I would encourage people to know that there are things like MMS and our walk uh, that can help affiliates raise money. It's not just the a national office that is deeply concerned over what the horizon may hold for nonprofits and for philanthropy and for giving, but it is something that I think our affiliates are equally stressed out with. And my, my ask to you all as a board this evening will be able to take that message to the affiliates that you serve as a liaison to or the affiliates that you have close relationships with and remind them that the more they can encourage folks within their own states to find ways to get involved with our virtual walk or if it's MMS, knowing that if there are those that can give, if they can maybe give just a dollar or two more each month, that can make a significant difference. Uh, for instance, we've raised about $24,000 this year in MMS money. 72, a little over 7,200 of that is going back to affiliates. We've actually seen a little bit of an uptick in the share that's going to affiliates this year compared to past year. So I would say that's very positive news for affiliates to know uh, that we're willing to work as well on really pushing forward fundraising strategies that can help both the national office and ACB National, as well as the affiliates themselves back home. Because we know, as Jeff mentioned earlier, uh, in terms of the ACB radio and the, and the convention and, and losses that are going to be felt across the country. Uh, whatever we can do to try to help affiliates, I think, is a key message for us to really focus in on and take pride in that we have that, you know, that we're fortunate to do that. Um, in terms of donor communications, and I'll close with this, uh, you know, a lot of it is working on this narrative over the past 53 days and working as well on really trying to establish metrics. Uh, Dan and, and Eric have brought in uh, you know, a, a process by which we're, we're undertaking as a leadership team. Uh, and part of that process in, in sort of the way that we're only, uh, in, I shouldn't say only, but in the way that the leadership team is, is moving forward, um, 
towards this process uh, in sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, working through our own uh, strategies and, and, and trying to, to break through the ceiling, as it were, um, you know, metrics is a key part of that. And already we're identifying, I think, areas uh, that can really help us benefit in finding metrics like those Cindy shared earlier. Uh, we're working with Jason on ACB Radio and the podcast, which has a significant footprint and a significant opportunity for reach. Uh, all of this is going to play into our donor communications. I'm working right now on a message that's going to go out to members um, that is that is a positive message uh, in as much to say that it's great. When you look at the work Clark and Cindy and Claire and others are doing, um, I have a wonderful job. I, I, I don't have to go out and beg. I get to go out and brag. And as a director of development, that, that in a sense is something that's very humbling, uh, particularly in these times, the fact that we're actually, uh, actually serving people and, and doing work. Um, you know, that's a very strong message that we're going to be pushing out in our donor communications and as well as our outreach individually and interpersonally with our major donors. Later in the year, we're going to be focusing and ramping up on our major donor outreach. And within that scope, uh, you know, it is uh, something that we're going to be putting together a major donor planning committee. A couple of you might even be uh, tapped uh, if you have the time. It's not going to be too much time. I hope to meet once before the convention and then start meeting after the convention. Uh, but it's an opportunity for us to not just do more broad stroke communication, but actually to build interpersonal relationships with folks who we can help hopefully cultivate to move towards as folks remember during our sort of leadership training with the board on the Friday before the February conference, uh, you know, to be able to identify a core group of people uh, that can step up to the plate and help even spread the network uh, to those that can give on a much more substantial level to significantly increase our revenue. Uh, having shared this, uh, I'll entertain any questions. And again, uh, thanks to everyone here on this call that has really helped in helping my transition be smooth amidst sort of these uh, these rocky days. Thank you, Tony. Excellent report. Any any questions for Tony? We can't let him off too light, you know. He's he's the new guy kid on the block right now. So, Tony, how much money have you raised today? Good question, Eric. Uh, let me check my wallet. Hold on. Uh, there has been some communication. We did receive a little bit of money after the note you sent out, Eric. So, uh, well, um, yeah, it's the, you know, it's the note that you and wrote our direct that mail was up uh, $1,134 in March for direct mail. So, um, you know, our, our traditional methods of, of fundraising and, and giving are still are still moving forward as well. Uh, definitely in my new role, uh, you know, in no way I'm ignoring the established ways of, of uh, fundraising that we've done in the past as well. It's fusing the two I'm together. Just, I'm just giving you a hard time. It's, it's been great having you back on the team, Tony, and uh, we look forward to a lot more, a lot more intense work here in the, in the coming months leading up to the convention. But it's great to, great to have you back. Also, Tony, it was good. Uh, to have you on board at the right time, you brought the information to us about the payday loan, uh, the PPP, and uh, Nancy's going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes, so I won't say anything, but it was just great work. You you uh, came on board and immediately brought benefit to the position, and I'm extremely proud that we have you back on board with us. Thank you. Thank you, David. And I think it's fair to say Nancy did all the work on that end. She'll, I'll yield to her now. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Tony. Great job. And uh, welcome aboard again. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, next, we're going to hear from...
from Nancy Marks Becker, our Chief Financial Officer, and uh, she's got several things to update us on. Okay, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Okay, so the first thing I'm gonna talk about is our small business loan. So ACB and ACBS applied for and received funds through the Paycheck Protection Program. ACB received $110,641 and ACBES received $91,600. These loans are eligible to be forgiven if we provide documentation that it is used to cover payroll costs, rent, and utilities. ACB banks with Bremer Bank, so we reached out to them when we wanted to get the loan and it was completed in about two weeks. I believe that since ACB already had a relationship with Bremer Bank, that it helped us to get the loan completed quickly. They responded initially to me in a day, and then anytime I had a question, it was answered within 24 hours. So this is a huge relief for me that we have this money, that it will help us through, um, I am hoping, through the, our, our rough next couple months. So I'm very happy about that. Do I have any questions on that one section? Okay. So Nancy, I'm doing quick math. So those two added together are what, a little, little over $200,000? Correct, it is. Um, right. This is Jim. Yes. Um, on the paycheck um, protection for ACBES, since we closed our stores, are we going to be eligible to get loan forgiveness on that money? As long as we are paying our employees and we meet the specifications of the loan, yes. So even if the store is closed, if we are paying our employees, we are eligible. Okay, thank you. Yep. And it also helps us to retain our employees. Okay, ACBES thrift stores. The Amarillo and Lubbock stores were closed at the end of March by the mayors of their cities. As of today, both stores are closed, but the city of Lubbock is talking about having stores open with curbside pickup. Right now we are looking at ways where we can offer this service and still meet the requirements. I know all of our employees at our stores are anxious to get back to work also. I think that's about all I have for the thrift stores. Um, I have had feedback from both store managers that people have been cleaning their houses and they are waiting for the stores to open back up so that they can bring their gently used items to us so that we can sell them. So I Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I, I, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I am hoping that once the stores open up, we will have two things. A lot of things coming in the back door and a lot of things being sold going out the front door. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, and I, and I guess you'll have to put an approach together to kind of how to ramp back up, right? You know, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. For the drawdown on ACB board reserve, so far this year, the board has approved that $325,000 can be withdrawn from the board reserve investment account to meet operating needs. These approvals were accepted at the February and March board meeting. 
I have had withdrawn $34,900 from the legacy, legacy investment account for operating expenses. This was an anticipated withdrawal and it was approved at the fall board meeting. I have also withdrawn $115,100 from the board reserve account as of today. Along with the funds that ACB received from the payment protection program and the other $209,900 that the board has approved so far this year, I do not anticipating on needing any additional funds. Um, one other piece I would like to talk about is our investments. I would like to provide an update on ACB's investments. As of yesterday afternoon, the overall stock market year to date was down anywhere from 16 to 28%. However, ACB has set up our investment policy so our investments didn't fluctuate as much as the market. Our investments year to date are down about 11%. That may seem like, wow, we're down 11%, but compared to the market, our investments are doing well. Um, we do anticipate that the next quarter will be choppy for our investments, but they should bounce back later on this year. Any questions oh. at all? Dan, this is Doug. Yeah, go ahead. I'll be Doug. with you after Doug. And then Jeff after Doug. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, uh, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah. My my question was about the thrift stores. Um, I understand about uh, curbside uh, pickup, but how are they going? How are people going to you know? Since it's a an inventory that changes all the time, how are they going to know what is available uh, to purchase? Well, we're we're, th we're thinking that items that what they call. Um, better items, they can take pictures of them. We do have Facebook pages. We can put them on Facebook and people can say that they want to purchase them. They can come to pick them up and we can charge them at that time. So we have, we have to, we're having to be a little uh, uh, about our thinking here as to how we can sell merchandise. Mm. Yep, good question, Doug. And then so Jeff? This is, I'm gonna follow up on Doug's question with a little different one. I hope and, and expect, because I know how good of a job staff does at such things, but I would certainly expect that we have some very stringent protocols in place if and when these openings occur. I, I have a little trepidation about them, but you can't go against the grain, so we might as well get our folks back to work and you know go with whatever Amarillo and Lubbock can do. But... I also hope that we have very stringent procedures in terms of making sure that we aren't going to potentially spread the virus. Yes, we will. I've, I've been talking to the program managers to make sure that they're on the lookout for um, hand sanitizer. So anytime they see that, they can pick it up so that when the stores do open up, we do have enough for the employees. And everything that comes in needs to be wiped down, in my opinion. Well, what we can do with a lot of that is we can put it into a different location for several days and a, and a uh, certain amount of time. And then once that time has expired, then we can um, sort through the clothing or the furniture or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's, okay. it has time frames of how long right. the virus lives on different surfaces. Yeah, I know mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. 
uh, good, good point. Any other questions for Nancy? Yeah, just one. Um, going back, you know, saying that we're down 11%. That's really not unusual, though, is it? We've been down before and bounced right back uh, fairly quickly. Uh, am I correct on that? Uh, I'm thinking of the last quarter of 2017, we were down a good bit. And then the first quarter of 2018, it came back. I may be a year early in a year, you know, I'm not sure, but we it did, was somewhere in there we were we down. Did drop, we did drop down early last year and it did bounce back also. Yes. This is a probably a little bit deeper of a dive. But as I said, we have been um, very thoughtful in our risk that we're taking. So our investments have fared better than a lot of other investments. All right. Any other questions for Nancy? Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Appreciate your excellent report on our, on our financial situation. And Nancy, special thanks to you and Tony for all the hard work in getting us through the PPP process. This is, uh, you know, uh, I had a big smile on my face when I heard that news from uh, from Eric and Nancy at the end of last week. That's that's really really. It makes me. Uh, I know David is the treasurer, and all of us probably feel a little little sigh of relief that we've got a little cash to work with here over the next few months. So thank you and, so much and for all that work. One, one other thing, Dan. Uh, Nancy is really to be commended. She had a sick employee for a while, and she's went through the audit alone we're working on the PPP loan applications and that kind of thing. So uh, any time uh, you get to wanting to call Nancy, you know, if you really need her, call her. If not, leave her because she really works for us. She does a great job. Thank you, Nancy. Yeah, we're, we're meeting uh, the, with the Budget and Finance Committee is meeting with the auditors tomorrow. So, yeah, yes. it just keeps on coming. Great job. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. As anything in with AC, it is always a joint effort among us. So you're welcome. Oh, thank you, Nancy. All right. Uh, next, we're going to hear uh, a convention report from uh, Janet Dickelman, our convention chair. So, Janet? Yes, I'm still here, and I am unmuted, someone, correct? You're doing great. Okay, you good. Just wanted to make sure I unmuted myself. And I want you to know I stayed through this whole call. I didn't even sneak off. Anyway, oh, uh, tour report. Uh, first thing I want to talk a little bit final about 2020 as far as refunds are concerned. We are, we did have some tour refunds or some tour, um, I'm sorry, just lost my place here. We had uh, put some deposits down on some tours. We did get, in fact, I hope we got it in the mail today. Day or we'll get it tomorrow, a refund from the bus company that we had contracted with. At first, they weren't sure if they were going to give us our money back, but they have, or they said it's a, the check's in the mail. Uh, we're working with the White Sox for the White Sox game, and I believe that money is coming back shortly for our game. We are still working with the Odyssey boat cruise. We had put a deposit down for that dinner cruise, um, and right now they're still saying it's too early for us to get it back. They'll give us a credit, and I said, well, that's fine, but we don't want a credit. We're not going to be back. I didn't say we're coming back in 2023 because we want it. She said, well, we have we – have, uh, boat trips in other cities how about another city and I said well next year we'll be in Phoenix do you have a boat trip there and she did say no they didn't no anyway so um, I'm working with them and I'm expecting to get that back um, 
We have the convention announce list, which, of course, is always up and running, and I post information to that. I ch- when I checked that this morning, we had 1,679 people subscribed to that list. So that's, that's great news that, you know, the list keeps growing. Um, we have, uh, Tony touched on this a little bit. We did revise our sponsorship information along with our advertising information and our exhibit hall exhibit information and those have all been sent out updated and are getting up on the website so that's been taken care of Uh, just a little bit of information as far as the convention and how it's going to look Uh, convention dates of course are friday july 3rd through friday july 10th so we basically have almost an extra day on there. Well, really, we do have an extra day for different meetings and sessions. Uh, Friday will be the board meeting. We are waiting to start general session until Sunday evening. Opening general session will be Sunday, and then we will have daily general sessions Monday through Friday. And I'm sorry we can't accommodate Hawaii, but we are starting general sessions at 10 a.m. Eastern time. That will help West Coast people a little bit, so general sessions will run from 10 to 1. We have availability for affiliate programming for those eight days, and um, I'm getting a lot of it. As um, it was Doug who made the comment about the affiliates, and yes, they've been doing a great job, but it's amazing. You know, they really haven't cut down on a lot of their programming. They're just, you know, doing things a little bit differently, and I think I've got almost 100 events on the registration form already for throughout the convention, and I haven't heard from most of our corporate sponsors to see if they want to do sessions. So things are really, um, really coming together. The registration deadline has passed. I'm getting that form pretty well underway. We're going to get that to the programmer on Monday, I'm still waiting for information from the program for the program. The deadline that I had has expired. I've told affiliates and committees I just sent out a message to them yesterday reminding them that I needed most of them have gotten me a lot of the information, but I don't have all the presenter information that I need. So I sent out a reminder about that and I said I really need it by May first. Um especially this year because what we're working with the venues for the program, uh, the printer and also Clovernook, hopefully Clovernook will be open by the time we're ready to do our program, but they have agreed if we send them a list of names and addresses, they will send the programs directly to the individuals. So that'll be great, and they'll have them before the convention so that they can have the Braille program. Uh, For the General sessions, we're going to be doing a lot of, not a lot of, but some sessions are going to be pre-recorded. Our angel sessions, what what the scholarship committee decided to do, and Denise, I think this is a brilliant idea, we're breaking up the scholarship presentations. There's going to be uh, for a day, generally, each day of general session. And instead of just the scholarship recipient speaking a little bit, they're going to be interviewed by a member of the scholarship committee. So the scholarship committee person can ask them a few questions and, you know, kind of have the same type of questions for each interview so we can glean the information from the scholarship recipient rather than them just kind of getting up there and not knowing exactly what to say and just thanking people. So I think this is really going to 
be great. Um, we're also talking about recording Marjorie's morning sponsorship announcement and some of our sponsorship presentations. I have to say ACB radio team has been absolutely wonderful and they're coming up with all kinds of answers and solutions. Of course, we'll be utilizing ACB radio. We'll be using a lot of Zoom meetings. A lot of this we're still working on and as we have information, we'll get that out to you. We are still doing a convention registration. That will be $25. That will be opening on May 21st and run through June 21st. The first seven days will be for ACB members only. And on the registration, it's going to be great because you can select, each event is going to have a checkbox, so you can select a checkbox, select the events that you are interested in attending. Once you have done that, you will automatically receive the information for the Zoom, um, the Zoom information for any sessions that you have selected. So that's going to be very helpful. We will also, you'll be able to pay affiliate registration fees to your favorite affiliates. You can select, as I mentioned, your program choice option. Uh, you'll be put into a virtual door prize drawing. You don't have to be present to win, but anyone who registers will be eligible for door prize drawings during general session. You can be an individual sponsor. So there's a lot of perks to registering, and we are going to have an on-site registration once the convention opens also so that if people decide that they want to register, they can still do that. Um, as to how this is all going to work, we're talking about doing a virtual information desk and a virtual help desk to help people with Zoom. We are going to have a virtual exhibit hall and our exhibitors, depending on the level of their exhibit booth, will have a certain amount of time to present. The exhibit hall will run each day, Friday through Friday, and we will um, have someone from ACB Radio introducing each exhibitor. We will vary the time for exhibits each day. If an exhibitor wishes, they can submit a pre-recorded um, session for each day of the exhibit hall so they can have eight different sessions. Otherwise, if they want ACB Radio to help them with a session, we will record a session for them. We will stream the exhibit hall so that that will be on one of the ACB channels throughout the day and, eve and night. So you'll get several chances to hear the daily exhibit hall each day. We are also going to do a virtual tour channel. And between Joel Snyder and uh, Stasha Boyd, we have all kinds of really cool tours that we're going to be featuring. We're doing the White House tour. We're doing a, a White Brothers National Memorial. We are doing um, Akana Lefty, and I had to look that up because I didn't know what it was, Visitor Center. And that's in the, in the Smoky Mountains, so that's going to be very interesting. I don't really know anything about it. Uh, but uh, we're doing a Klondike Gold Rush tour. We're doing Holocaust Museum. Uh, there's a Mount Rushmore tour. So we've got all kinds of tours that we're going to have um, on our virtual tour channel, and that will work similarly to the um, exhibit channel, exhibit hall. 
I know I've kind of been rambling on and giving out a lot of information, so if anyone has any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Or if everyone went home. <laughs> but thanks for... to ACB Radio, thanks to, you know, Nancy and I talk all the time, and uh, Dan and I, Dan, gosh, if if I if a day goes by without three calls from Dan, I know that you know something's wrong. <laughs> Janet and I have become best buds. I, yes, I we have. Say enough about Janet and how she has, her and her committee have really stepped up. This is really honestly, you know, throwing throwing the whole thing in a hundred and eighty degrees different direction and. And Janet took one one evening to take a deep sigh, and then there, I already had notes from her the next morning and say, let's figure out how to have the best virtual convention we can have. And she well, has been attacking it from, from that day forward, and she's just been doing an absolutely outstanding job. So Thank you, Dan. And I couldn't do it without all the staff and, as I said, ACB Radio. And you, know, you guys are really going to be... <laughs> It's it's going to be crazy, and uh, we'll, but there's going to be a lot more about ACB radio and involvement for other ACB members mm-hmm. uh, during the convention down the road. Thank you. Thank you so Anyone much. Anyone else have anything? Any questions for Janet? All right. Okay. Well, Bye. thank you so much, Janet, and uh, you know how to get hold of Janet if you have any if you have any yes. concerns. We all know Janet's number and email address. I had I had to I had to laugh because I had a little note from the Renaissance because I had asked them about canceling the reservations for our room block, and one of the people from the Renaissance wrote back to me and said, "Yes, we can send out an email." And she said, "I took some of your information from the website, and it was, you know, basically due to circumstances based on the coronavirus. You know, we're canceling the virtual convention. We're having a virtual convention. We're canceling the." In- House convention, uh, the hotel will automatically refund your reservation. You won't be charged anything. And at the bottom it says, and if you have any questions, contact Janet Dickelman and had my phone number and email. So I wrote her back and I said, that's great wording, except for the part about my phone number. (laughs) 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 And then I said, no, of course, include that. But (laughs) so thank you, Janet. So that should, that will be automatically taken care of anyone who has a reservation. You should be getting an email from the Renaissance telling you that it's been canceled. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Janet. Uh, All right, next we're going to hear a report from our Board of Publications report from uh, Deb Cook-Lewis, our BOP chair. So, Deb? I'll keep it very, very brief because of the hour that we're getting to. Somebody just yawned. There we go. (laughs) So, um, and and I I got my hand. I'm good. So, um, just call Janet if you have any questions. So, anyway, anyway, um, the BOP. I'm has still on the call, and I heard that, uh, Deb. <laughs> you get me. Oh, yeah. So, um, the BOP has been busy, and we did report pretty thoroughly in March. So, I'm only going to mention just a couple of things here. We are actively involved with everything convention related, and all of the pieces that um, operate um, under the BOP are hugely busy. You've been hearing about the. Um, uh, ACB radio activities, of course, which have been huge, and um, 
we have moved forward with uh, many of the things that we talked about, about email changes. We didn't actually make a lot of announcement. We just have started doing some of it. So gradually we will be doing some more. We will at some point have to make some announcements, but you are receiving more materials now through constant contact and other uh, kinds of changes are also um, beginning to take place. So we're really pleased uh, with that and we'll continue to move forward with it as time permits from all the convention activity. Um, I guess the one thing I would say is we have um, public meetings every month. They are generally on the first Tuesday of the month. Once in a while they shift a bit, but they are usually the first Tuesday of the month. We do always send out um, notification of those meetings. And we would really encourage anyone who is interested in the work of the BOP, whether that is the publication work that we do or the subgroups that we have with um, the email, with ACB Radio, and many of the other public awareness activities, we would just absolutely encourage any of you to come on our uh, calls and participate with us. We have a lot of fun, but it's also a great way to learn a lot about the behind-the-scenes activities in ACB. Thanks. I heard that Dan left, so I don't yes. know if someone can <laughs> oh, take over. So Mark, Mark Riker, you're on. <laughs> so Mark, you're on. <laughs> Is Mark still here? I think. <laughs> well, that, that comes to me. <laughs> then Ray, it comes to you. <laughs> All right, Ray. Okay, well, okay, Mark, Ray. I, I don't hear Mark and I don't hear Dan, so I will. Mark, okay. Mark is still on the call. Okay. He's probably muted. Come to unmute himself. Yeah, unmute yourself, Mark. <coughs> We've lost the president. There, <laughs> I can't unmute him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to unmute yourself, Mark. When you muted yourself, she can. Yeah. That's a Zoom rule. Well, Ray, you can. I think okay. all we have left is agenda. Okay, I'll, yes. I, I'll roll. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. next on our agenda, we have any, are there any other committees that would like to report? Um, please feel free to do so. Well, ACB Radio hasn't said anything yet, and I'm not going to go over everything. This is Debbie Hazelton. Um, I know that we said a lot uh, last time. Can you hear me? I think you can hear me. Yep. Okay. Um, so, one, we are really busy with convention. I mean, just like, I mean, our days are getting longer and more full. So, many, many thanks to um, Eric and Nancy and um, Jason and Jeff and Rick and um, Deb and all the people and Tony. I'm so happy that we have Tony with us to help with our convention plans and um, and Janet, what a trooper. Um, so what uh, we're doing, we're working with the advertisers and the you know the exhibitors. Uh, with to get their recordings uh, and but I want to just just for a second mention we have one new show by a man named Anthony Corona who some of you already know of he's he's contacted some of you for interviews he's going to be starting his show on Sunday called um, Sunday edition with Anthony and he is really excited about ACB he's got a lot of contacts with 
uh, soap celebrities that he's bringing on to their uh, Pride Connection show mm-hmm. and very excited about ACB and helping with convention and all kinds of things. So if you get a call from him for an interview, um, it's probably because one of us gave your name, um, but we really encourage you to check that show out and and uh, get on board with what he's doing. It's going to be pretty exciting. A lot of interviews. Um, we've ha- we have a couple of new broadcasters. We have, uh, we have a new one on interactive with a classical show. Darrow Lukes, who was a commercial broadcaster now on interactive. Um, Kevin Miner's back. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, there's probably another something or other going on with... Um, with mainstream, you know, I, I, I know Jim Pemberton's back. Yes, Jim Pemberton is back yes. on interactive and with production, and um, seems like there's there's another something. But I know we start oh, Tuesday topics is back every week, thanks to Paul Edwards and uh, Rick and Deb Lewis helping, and different guests who have been on there. And um, so, I mean, and many, many thanks to Cindy Van Winkle. I love the work that we've been able to do together, having some of the community calls on ACB radio. Cindy, so much fun. And I, I love the pulse that she brings about relationships in uh, helping to build our membership. And so it's, it's really been a lot of fun to work uh, with Cindy and, um, Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Somebody's knocking on their mic. Um, any other, uh, any questions uh, for me and then Jason, Jeff, anything else? We're just as busy we can be. No? Jason? I How about think that sports show? Oh, the sports oh, show. Yeah. yeah. Saturday sports. <laughs> yeah. The troublemaker. I mean, a um, shameless plug for Dan Spoon and Eric. <laughs> yes, <laughs> talk sports. Woo! That is awesome. I have one announcement to make. Yes, okay. yes. So, go ahead. A- a- April is the 20th anniversary of uh, ACB Radio's technology and flagship program called Main Menu. Yes. And we'll be celebrating that throughout the month of May. It's a little late, but. Um, we have uh, obtained, through the generous donation of uh, Jonathan Mosen, almost two-thirds of the original programs, and we're getting the other 55 as soon as he gets them off of archive. <laughs> um, so that, that will take us from 2000 to 2003, I believe. That, that's true. We lost these when we had a server crash. So we're going to have a special show uh, the first week in May with an interview from Jonathan Mosen. And then we'll air the very first main menu from, you know, well, 2000. Yeah. The next two weeks. And then main menu live returns. Yeah. Where we will have interviews and ability for people to call in and ask questions of guests. So, uh, and that will be a monthly show. And uh, so... That's uh, that's what's happening. And that'll be roundtable. We know that some of you like the interaction on the calls, and we know that some have been asking for more, more live interaction on talk shows. And I think um, I think there are definitely more ideas brewing how to bring more of that back. So, very very exciting. And yeah, okay, Jason, anything? 
No, I'm. You've covered a lot of material, <laughs> okay. and I think we're good. <laughs> well, thank you, Debbie and Jason and uh, Jeff. Very good. Apologize, I got kicked off for just a minute. So my apologies to Deb Cook Lewis and the BOP report. So. Well, they tried. They tried to get me to adjourn the meeting, Dan, but I wouldn't do it. I, you know, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. So, uh, any any other committee reports? Oh yeah, uh, on the uh, Braille Forum raffle. Just want to remind all you board members: you have tickets. Uh, the raffle is still on. So, if you hadn't done anything, which I strongly suspect you haven't. It's time to go to work. That's going to be included in registration, right? And yeah, yes, it's Janet. I was just uh, sorry. I was just going to mention. Yes, David, thanks for bringing it up. Yes, mm -hmm. raffle, raffle ticket, as well as several items from the mini mall are going to be listed on registration. Not just T-shirts. There's going to be, um, I think, ten items that people can order from the oh, mini mall. Good. And we're actually going to work it out on reg on the registration form. I just found out today. If you want to order multiple items from the, uh, if, like I always order a t-shirt for my husband on my registration, and then if I get to the mini mall, I buy one for myself. So I can order my two t-shirts on registration. Hmm. Okay. And if you want to order four mugs, oh. you're going to be able to do that. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that, yeah. just, that just got confirmed today. Oh, very nice. Never thought you would get mugged during the registration process. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. But we can get raffle yeah. tickets there, right? On that form? Yeah, form, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah form, yeah. rather. Jenny, and I know this is a weird question for you, but it just dawned on me when you said T-shirt. What are the T-shirts and the pins going to be this year? Since the we're not theme be for the, oh, the theme for the convention was changed because to reflect our... Um, virtual status and it's ACB a path to the future. We're still working on the picture for the t-shirts. Uh, what about the pins? What about about them? Well, usually they're shaped like the state we're in. Oh, we'll have to work on that too, David. Yep. Uh, good good point, United David. States this year. Yeah. A globe maybe or something. A globe. Yeah. I yeah. A globe yeah. would be great. Yeah. I yeah, like that. Cool. Yeah. Okay. A grow a glow yeah. with a rocket on top would sound good to me. <laughs> well, <I'm sorry. laughs> Very nice. Thank you, David. I hadn't thought about the pins. Thank you for bringing that up. We're in the I'll state of ecstasy. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Or confusion. Yeah. Raffle tickets. Um, is there a deadline for getting the ticket stubs in and the cash or checks or whatever? To Nancy, there will there will happen because they they're going to have to be here before the convention starts. So we'll have to get that out. Yeah. We, we, so you'll establish what somewhere. that is and let everybody know. Yes. Yeah. We'll we'll post it and we'll put it out. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to sell them at the banquet. Yeah. No. <laughs> I can sit in the office and take take. Yeah, I think I think Nancy's working out a process there. She's, you could. Yeah. Yeah. So then maybe they don't have, oh, oh, the ticket tickets have to be in, yes, but we could yes. still yes. Right. sell them at the banquet. The tickets have to be sent to Minnesota yes. so she can have them and get them in the box, but then any, any right. tickets. Right, I'm sorry, yes. Let, yeah, she can, she can process. Janet, have you. we're talking about selling them at the banquet. 
Janet, have you arranged to have, like, I know you're sending out um, programs. Have you arranged for them to send, like, banquet meals and things like that to us all, too? <laughs> yes, some of us would definitely yeah. order one. Plenty <laughs> you oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be on the registration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recommend the force du jour. It's excellent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dan made it himself. Yeah. <laughs> Paired by our ACB president. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it brings new meaning to purchasing the lunch with the president of the auction. Well, very good. Any other committee reports to come before the board this evening? All right, I think we've president, reached the... that, I move we adjourn. Second. I move we adjourn. All right. I don't think we're oh. even looking for a second. Mr. President, I will try in my heart to learn to forgive you for scheduling this meeting on the first night of the NFL draft. Uh, me too, you know, David. I got to tell you, I, it was bad planning. I didn't, I didn't realize it was the first night of the NFL draft. Then then the I've play missed in anyway. 10 years. So I'll, yeah. I'll, well, I'll, several, several Alabama <laughs> players have gone already. So. Yeah, they're gone. They're, we're, we're dominating. And Green Bay hasn't picked yet. So, so Tristan Wirtz was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to protect Tom Brady. Well, of course, you know, the future you know. Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. Just remind me, is football the game played with the oval ball, or is that the sphere? I, <laughs> I believe that's what I We heard. talk about this all the time. <laughs> Three Alabama players in top 15, not too bad. Uh, well, uh, thank, you. thank you guys so much. Thanks for your participation. Thanks for everybody who uh, listens on ACB radio. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, Let's keep going and uh, get ready for a wonderful convention. And uh, thank you all for everything. Have a good evening. Thank you.